I used to produce movies. One critic called them European. I thought they were shit. Bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. So it's kind of a psychic political thriller comedy with a heart. But it doesn't make any sense, okay? It's fucking stupid. Okay, there actually has to be something that happens that's actually funny. Now, what is the one thing if you put it in a movie, it'll be successful? Tits. That is funny. <laughs> I can take you through it step by step, explain why your story stinks. But I won't insult your intelligence. There ain't no goddamn taste. Ain't no goddamn motion picture. Why are you still in character? You know what my favorite newspaper is, Matt? What's your favorite newspaper? The Daily Planet. You know why? Why is that? Because they write about the planet daily. <laughs> hey, wait, I have a hey, You know what my favorite type of lamentations are? Ancient lamentations? Would you know that they're ancient lamentations, Rob? Yeah. There are so... You know, it feels like there it's... Okay, so we're talking about the Snyder Cut here. We're just yeah. going to put this up front, because we're, yeah. we're recording this on the same day where we both sat through the Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah. Folks, if and you're going to watch the Snyder Cut, I beg you, I beg you to watch it with subtitles on. Because it is a, it is a four-hour movie with seemingly six hours of ancient lamentations. <laughs> There's so many ancient every, every time Wonder Woman is on screen, um, they always do the, like, the Middle Eastern whale that yep. was in every, yep. do you want me to do every movie in 2007. Yeah, no, I, do not, I do not want you to yeah. mimic it. Fo- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we already had to restart it. Folks, uh, think, and it is think all... Black Hawk Down. Yes. yes. Um, and every single... I mean, it's not... Black Hawk Down, sure, but uh, which again, <laughs> another another Hans Zimmer movie. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what's Hans up. Zimmer is uh, has done some fantastic work, but he, he also loves to put so much mustard on everything he does. Yeah, absolutely. He does. is a very bombastic composer. That's right. And <laughs> that's right. The the uh, ancient lamentations that come up every single time Woman Wonder Woman yep. or anything vaguely. Uh, I almost said Atlantean. That's not right. There's so many mystic creatures in yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Amazonian. Am- Amazonian. Anything Amazonian is happening. There is. You better believe there are some ancient lamentations yep. in there. Yep. You better believe the subtitles always let you know when we're getting some ancient, ancient lamentations. lamentations. But yeah, which I'm just trying to imagine like what it must be like for like a deaf person to watch this and just be like, what the fuck are ancient lamentations? It's that. It's... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that is exactly what it is. But like, I feel like if I was deaf, I wouldn't. Immediately, I see the word ancient lamentation. I'd be like, what the fuck? Is, is just someone crying? But, like, I feel like this this movie contains both the best and worst of Hans Zimmer. Because, mm-hmm. like, you, you, you get, again, a lot of, like, I don't know, something vaguely Mediterranean is happening. I don't know. We'll have uh, some yeah. dead can dance shit in there. Exactly. Yeah. But, exactly. but like, also, like, his... I do not like the movie Man of Steel. His, his like, Superman theme is... I will say this. I like John Williams' Superman theme. His honestly blows it out of the fucking water. Yeah. It is his score for Man of Steel is again incredibly bombastic, but some of his best work. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Every time I hear that Superman theme, I really wish mm-hmm. I was watching a even passably good Superman movie yeah. with that underneath. Yeah. No, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you didn't hear, yeah, you know, Superman theme, you know, da 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 da. da. <laughs> yeah, every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like, him, right? 
<laughs> is that him? Wait, who did that that's, one? That's John Williams. And Wait, that's, that's Star Wars. Is that Star Wars? That's Star Wars. I, 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 I'm playing into it. Folks, <laughs> I'm not going to do the Age of Lamentations because Rob already had to rewind it once, even though I think I'm allowed to. But you're no... It's not even like uh, an ethnic stereotyping thing, although it is. It's also just no one wants to hear you sing, Matt. <laughs> well, I have a great No voice. one wants to hear you ululate. I have one of the... I, first off, did I tell you I can ululate? Uh, I will, let's just say I'll believe you and we can move on. I don't, I don't need a demonstration. You want me to show you? Listen, my favorite thing to do is watch Battle of Algiers and do it along with them when they kill that guy. Okay. Uh, So, uh, Snyder Cut, I'm going to say still bad. What's it called? I'm going to say it was good. So it... it, I I don't mean that. (laughs) You just like being, you just like disagreeing. I I just like disagreeing. It is... Leagues better than the original cut of Justice League, which mm-hmm. is truly one of the most just like not a movie movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's like it slides out of your brain like the moment you've seen it, and but it's like it is an incredibly frustrating experience that is also like instantly forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it was like torture that it was that was erasing itself as it was happening. It yeah. is su- simultaneously excruciating and completely anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it that's really a difficult hat trick to pull off. Yeah. Like normally you're either one kind of bad or the other and somehow it is both. Yeah. And like this is a movie. Mm-hmm. Um it it is, you know, broadly functional in the things that it is doing. You know, it is in focus. It's very dark, but it's it's mm-hmm. in focus. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the yeah. The characters have arcs, you know. Yeah. Um, there's like a beginning, middle, and end, more or less. I mean, the way that like any of these movies, it's like coming on the heels of three movies and setting up three movies can have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. But like you know, it more or less does for that kind of like you know like every kind of this, this movie is like an episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. It like you know it does not stand on its own, but as like an episode in an ongoing story, it does you know tell a part of that story at yeah. least. Whereas like the other one like. This movie had to be four hours long. Yeah. I hate that it had to be four hours long. Yeah. But like, because it's way too long to have it's a movie. So goddamn long. Again, <laughs> I am a man who has sat through all seven hours of Satan Tango. Yeah. And this is this is way too fucking long. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But even more insane is trying to tell the exact same amount of story in half the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. No. I mean that, and that's the thing is that like I think you and I talked about it like throughout several times during this. We were like, how the fuck do we still have like X amount of time left? Yeah. Like how the fuck. Cause like, cause like, cause this thing, cause it's like the length of like fucking like like, goddamn like, fucking like two long movies. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like two like holy fucking shit. Like I mean, the endeavor is fucked from the start. Just yeah. Because they have to, like, again, just to compare it to Marvel. Like when they made the Avengers, they had given each character their own movie, so you yeah. knew all of the characters, and you didn't need to do a lot of backstory once you got there you know they'd even like loki the main villain had already been another another movie too you didn't even yeah. need to set up the villain yeah you just you you could tell the story yeah you, yeah, know that, you knew who they all were if you're going to do this kind of endless franchise like tv storytelling thing at least do it right yeah like, like this like they're trying to cover as much ground as the avengers but also uh-huh. like they're trying to do the entire phase one of marvel in one movie because yeah. like. how long how long is the is the first Avengers movie? It's like what, like two hours? Two and change, yeah. It's maybe change. like two twenty at the yeah. longest. But like, yeah. you know, it's but, it's a longer movie, but like there's a lot of story to tell, and yeah, I mean, well, it's a long, it yeah. moves mm-hmm. like because they don't have to keep stopping to be like, yes. okay, here's Cyborg, here's his whole deal. Yes. You know, 
They, like, the movie, this movie is long and feels longer because it, it takes so long to get going. Yeah. Like, The Avengers is a pretty long movie, but doesn't really feel that long because things are always happening. Yeah, well, and also, and also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's roughly the same length of time as, like, the Whedon cut of the... It's of, long, I think it's longer than that. It's long, like, okay. the, the Whedon cut is, like, two hours flat. Really? Yeah. That's insane. Which leads to, like, you know, like, this... The Snyder version of Justice League has, like, a lot of time, like, setting up Cyborg and The Flash, and a little less on Aquaman, but, like, Aquaman is more of a known quantity, like, you know, yeah. ordinary people have heard of Aquaman, they kind of yeah. get, de- get his deal, he's the fish guy. Literally his name, Aquaman. It kind of tells you. you the whole yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, and then you can just kind of be like, oh yeah, he's also, like, the king of Atlantis. You're like, yeah. okay, sure, I, I, I get Why it. Why not? Sure. You're working with known quantities. Yes. You show me Cyborg, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess he was on Teen Titans, which I watched a bit as a child, but I did not remember him. I don't no. really know his deal. He's a robot guy? Okay. Yeah. But, but like, and that's all the original cut gives you, is he's a robot guy who kind of hates that he's a robot guy. Mm-hmm. Like this, they actually go into his whole story, tell you, you know, he's he's got his whole, he's got these daddy issues, you know, he's kind of a Frankenstein guy, you know. Yeah. Um, he has internet superpowers, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, they give him a full backstory and arc, so he makes sense of it as a character. In the in the Whedon version, he just shows up and you're like, "It's Cyborg." Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's Cyborg, and, and he's gonna be like, mm, "Oh, mm, awkward." Mm, oh, oh, I'm seeing yeah, that, that's I'm getting some they, trolls. There was so much like Whedon humor, which again is like, I think it works in the Avengers. Like, I like the the film The Avengers. It's not like my my favorite brand of humor in the world, but he does it well. You know. Yeah. It doesn't. We, we didn't do the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. He wrote and directed the the first two Avengers movies. The second yeah. Avengers doesn't really work as well. Um, no. But like the first one, does it really like? Does does that movie about as well as that movie can yeah. be done? Yeah. Um, no, I, I I legitimately did like the first. Yeah, Avengers. it's like, a very fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, like I have my problems with the whole like concepts of you know this forever franchise as a whole but like it, it is like it was very exciting at the time to be like can they pull this off and then be like hey they pulled it off and yeah you know it was cool and this is like trying to copy the same thing while like in cutting out all of the setup that was required to get there and have it work mm-hmm. like it's just it's so busy it's so and i and like i don't really love snyder's sensibility you know it is a little to it's it's you know it's like this this adolescent version of weightiness that i find a little ponderous um but i at least prefer this version where it is a unified sensibility you know this is Zack snyder's movie and i prefer that to half Zack snyder and half that josh whedon who are two tastes that do not go together yeah exactly Um, also his name is joss which is just is just shut the no it's not joshua yeah no you know his actual name is i don't know it's joseph Oh, wow. Yeah. I hate that. Right? Yeah. That's the worst thing in the fucking world. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Just be Joe. What's your problem? Joe Whedon, that's a fine name. Yeah. Piece of shit. Also, this... One, one final complaint about the Snyder Cut. <clears throat> it, it it could end after three and a half hours, then has to tack on, like, three extra endings that yeah. all set up sequels that we will probably never get. Yeah, exactly. Which was upsetting, because... Let me tell you something. What's it called? First, I mean, what was your favorite one that it set up? Was it was it the Martian Manhunter one? Where, 
I don't. That's but that that one isn't even really setting up a sequel. It's just yeah. it's the thing that all of these movies are just like, hey, next time you get to see another character. Exactly. Which like that is like you know fine. That's like par for the course. Yeah, but it did I, it I in like the shittiest way possible. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't love it. I don't. Again, I I prefer they just tell a story, not and not drop in the like. And next time there's like the only the only time it's ever been done even remotely well is at the end of Batman Begins, where they just show him the Joker card and like, hey, next time you get the Joker. Yeah. But. And even even that, it's a little annoying, but like it's more exciting because it's you're like, this is this was a good movie that I enjoyed. It told a complete but singular story, mm-hmm. and you just give me a little tease of hey, you know, if you liked this, next time you get one of the big bads. That exactly. I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember watching Batman Begins and being like, Scarecrow. Like, yeah. really? Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. He's a he's a legit Batman villain, but I was kind of I was I was shocked. I was like, really, Scarecrow? That, okay. Yeah, but th- Batman has a deep bench. There are a lot of guys. Yeah, he does. He does. He yeah. does. I just thought it was confident. I was like, no, no, but it's good. I like. Yeah, I like Cillian no. Murphy. Yeah. No. Oh no. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's like. I, the... I like that he shows up in like a scene of each one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to be the scare. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Yeah. No, I really do love that. No, but uh, but 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 no. But when they show the Martian Manhunter, he literally basically turns around and goes, "By the way, I'm Martian Manhunter." Basically, right. We, what's it called? My favorite. Which one was your favorite epilogue? I, I, suicide. I don't, I don't, I don't, the movie did not, did not sell me on, uh, you want more of this. The movie sold me on, okay, he got to do his thing. I, uh, everything I've heard about Zack Snyder is, he's a very nice guy. This is a very torturous process for him in every conceivable way. Yeah. It's nice that he got to, like, do his thing and, like, and fulfill his vision. Like, I'm, I'm happy for him. I don't really want more, though. Mm-hmm. And I've already sat through, like, a fucking uh, Lord of the Rings plus length movie that yes. I didn't really enjoy. I don't need to watch a whole extra episode of TV just setting up more movies that I'm also not really interested in and also won't ever exist. Mine was the Batman Apocalypse. <laughs> the Superman Apocalypse. Oh, the Superman Apocalypse. Yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah, but no, I, I, I want to see that. I will watch that. I mean, it... It, of all of them, it was the one that was most sort of interesting from a, a dramatic perspective. But also, I don't, I fundamentally don't like his characterization of Superman as basically someone who kind of wants to be evil, just really likes Lois Lane. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 Because I, I kind of like Superman. Yeah. And Zack Snyder clearly fucking hates Superman. <laughs> it's so funny. Literally, Superman. The only thing, like, literally, literally. Literally, like, 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 Armageddon is what happened. I was trying to find a way to make a joke. It's like, this is what Zero Pussy does to an MF. But, like, that is literally his entire conception of Superman. Is that, like, the moment Lois Lane dies. Yeah. The moment she dies. He is an alien god who would crush us beneath his boot if he didn't, like... Yeah. If he didn't, if he didn't want to fuck one of us. If he didn't want to... Fully clothed, crawl into the bathtub, Lois Lane, <laughs> which is a thing that happened in Batman vs Superman. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, oh, but I mean, but we did get to see the Jared Leto Joker again. Weren't you happy about that? No, <laughs> no, it's the worst. Sucks. He's like, I, I think you said it perfectly. Where it's like, where it's like, he is so clearly like trying to do fucking uh, Ledger, mm-hmm. right? He's so tra- he was so clearly trying to do like his own little twist on Ledger, and it just makes you realize how first off how much he fucking sucks, but also how much better Ledger was. Like obviously, like Ledger, like 
Ledger's performance as the Joker is one of those things that is like obviously so hyped as one of like the great performances and still might not get enough credit. Yeah, exactly. Like, re- rewatching that recently, like knowing that like you know, knowing and fully remembering how good he was, I was still surprised and like yeah. still found new little mannerisms like wow. Yeah. I mean it's insane. I mean like he's like a good actor and everything like that, but like he wasn't like I mean this Oh was, no no, no. I, it, He's no I mean no, don't get me wrong. He's listen. Listen, you're talking to a man who, like, one of my favorite movies is A Fucking Night's Tale. Yep. And I've seen everything he's been in. I love him dearly. But, like, this was, like, he was, like, a man fucking possessed. I think I think Brokeback Mountain is also, like, one of those, like... I never saw it. Okay, well, that's... Yeah. That, that that really was the moment where people, like, he went from, like, you know, an up-and-coming star that people were excited about to, oh, this guy might be might be the guy of his generation. Do you want to know why I never saw it? Because it's about gay cowboys. What's it called? Uh... Uh, sort of, uh, because they're not cowboys; they're shepherds. And, they're <laughs> and I just, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't appreciate that they were lying. Also, did, yeah, did, did you? Yeah, I mean, it was like 2007 or whatever. I know you, Matt. I, know yeah, exactly. I was like, not, I can't see this. I know you're not a woke man. I can't see this movie. The people don't think but I'm gay. One, one last thing. <laughs> did you know that all of this? All of the sheep in that movie were CGI. No, that can't be true. That is absolutely true because Ang Lee, um, who directed it, yeah, um, had previously directed Sense and Sensibility, which also features a large number of sheep. Um, and he he so hated working with sheep that he's just like, I refuse to have a single sheep on this set. This this set, it, they are the most difficult aspects of any film I have ever worked on. We will CGI them. That's so cool. Yeah. Wait, did he also do Crouching Tiger? Yeah. What's about that? So he, I mean, that is a man with one of the weirdest and coolest. Yes. Like, yeah, dude. Oh my god. We, but I, I don't want to talk too much about Crouching Tiger because we're going to talk about another movie similar, sort of. To I mean, it involves martial arts. Yeah, it's about and only kind of. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. But no, but 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 no. Um, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, like, what's it called? I would really. I honestly. I I disagree with you. I want to see all of those movies get made. I want to see every sequel. I want them to just keep fucking this chicken because I just want to see just how much money they. I want them to see them keep throwing money at this and just making picture after picture after picture that like, you know what? Like, look, they're going to lose money every time, but like they're only going to lose like I mean, what it, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is like this, this they need you know how much money they needed to make to break even on Justice League? Uh more than they made. They needed to make seven hundred and fifty million dollars right. to break even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and you know what? You know what? They fucking you know like after everything was said and done, they fucking they they, they only lo- Warner Brothers only lost sixty million dollars, which is a lot of money. I mean, I I that probably includes like post theatrical stuff like rentals i think yeah. his final like worldwide total was like 650 yeah which is a fuck ton obviously yeah. but like i mean just not like yeah like, no this should have been a billion dollar movie yeah and i mean that was that that's the whole problem with it is that they were like we need to get our billion dollar movie on the third movie where marvel was like we'll, we'll put in a little bit of legwork and like build to it yeah and like you know then we make some measly 300 million dollar movies no, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, like like movies that make like right. that profit yeah, like three hundred million, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, that's our talk on the Snyder Cut. Let us never mention it again. And I know that. So no, I want to. I want to. I really want to see that he comes up next. I Jared Leto deserves his own Joker movie, and I'm <laughs> gonna up. make you watch Shut it. Up. I, gonna, I mean, 
I'll watch it. I'm a pig. You are a pig. No, but so am I. Because I've seen every single DC movie. Yeah. Stop. It's the worst. It's, it's, you know, did you hear the thing about how he would just do that? About how he developed that laugh? I, 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 I'm sure. I, we're moving on. Now. We're moving on. We're can not, I tell? Can I tell now? No, we're already t- almost twenty minutes in. We're, 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 we're moving on from the Snyder cut. Hello and welcome to you're gonna hate it. My name is Rob. I'm his the name, Joker. He's the Joker. He's Matt. Um, um, <sighs> this is a film podcast where every week each of us assigns the other one a movie, and we are two men with very different tastes in films, so we end up with some. Weird combinations like this week's uh, Terry Malick, Brett Ratner, yep. uh, twofer. Yep, um, yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. only one of them canceled. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why I said that. I mean, I've, I mean, probably. Okay, okay, okay. We'll talk about it on the second one because we're talking about a canceled movie. My God. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But oh. um, yeah, it's one of the most canceled movies. Ever. <laughs> it's easily oh. one of the most canceled. Movies. Yes. But uh, first, we are discussing my film, which is Terrence Malick's The Thin Red Line from 1998. Roll that trailer. In this world, a man himself is nothing. And there ain't no world but this one. I've seen another world. Sometimes I think it was just my imagination. If I go first, I'll wait for you there, on the other side of the dark waters. Why should I be afraid to die? I belong to you. We're going straight up that hill, Edgar. How many men do you think it's worth? How many lives? There's nowhere we can hide, except in each other. Kill the man. Worst thing you can do, nobody can touch me for it. Make no difference who you are. No matter how much training you got, how tough a guy you might be, you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time, you're gonna get it. I want you to attack right now with every man at your disposal. I've lived with these men, sir, for two and a half years, and I will not order them all to their deaths. Maybe all men got one big soul everybody's a part of. All faces of the same man. What's your name? What difference do you think you can make one single man in all this madness? You're just too soft-hearted. You're not tough-fibered enough. Have you ever had anyone die in your arms, sir? Who lit this flame in us? Because I have you, nothing can touch me. No hurt, no grief, not even death. it up 
right. So welcome back from the trailer. That's right. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about the Thin Red Line. Yeah. Um, so first off, did you know that there was a second World War? <laughs> did you know that? There was a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? I'm sorry. Just real quick to talk about DC again. It's so... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate you. Okay. It's, okay. It's so funny that Wonder Woman didn't stop the Nazis. Period. The end. End of story. Continue. Okay. All right. think she would have. <laughs> would have been nice. Okay, all right. She, she was too busy, like, being an art dealer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She's too busy, she was too busy, too busy lamenting that pine dick she took. Okay, yeah, I, I actually, I liked Wonder Woman 84 a lot more than most people, but it is, like, kind of fucked by having to be, like, be a sequel that's at 70 years after the first one, where she's, she's lived a lifetime and is still like, I miss Chris Pine, though. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, Chris Pine is a very charming man. I, yeah. You know, if I got to fuck Chris Pine, I, you know, I'd still be talking about it 70 years later. But, Absolutely. But, yeah. Absolutely. Well, here's, and here's the difference between you and me. I did fuck Chris Pine, and I've never talked about it until now. Okay. This is my tell-all. <laughs> anyway. So, so this is set. This is set. Okay, no, no, no. We're, we're doing some context on this one. I'm gonna. I don't know why I assumed that we were just gonna talk about this movie. I really yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause Malik is one of my guys. Malik is one of your guys. I mean, he was in in college. He was my guy. He was the guy. He was my favorite director. He does not really occupy that place anymore. Mm-hmm. But he is still someone that I really am passionate about, and mm-hmm. ha- hadn't really revisited him in a while. Um, so this was a. Why are you smiling? Because I was thinking about a joke I was going to tell, right? About who your favorite director is now. Who is my favorite director? I, I was, okay, you're probably going to this out. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, I'm like your favorite director now, Brian Singer. <laughs> okay, shut the fuck up. Um, anyway, but it was nice to, to kind of revisit his movies. Because, yeah. like, he has, um, uh... I had kind of fallen off with him. Like, mm-hmm. after, like, his first five movies, I think, are each, like, varying degrees of masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, but he took, like, you know, between, like, six and 20 years to make all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was a guy who, like, took a while to make movies. And yeah. the movie that we're going to be talking about today, The Thin Red Line, he came, was, like, came after he took, like, a 20-year leave of absence from the industry or, or it wasn't clear if he was ever going to make a movie again. What other movies has he made? So, is it, so yeah, let's, let's... So his first movie was Badlands. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he is someone that you, you would necessarily be very familiar with because mm-hmm. he is a very arty director. I always get him confused with Errol Morris. <laughs> don't know why. I think they kind of look similar, don't they? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, Terrence Malick has famously, like, barely been photographed. What? That's not a photograph of him. I mean, there are a handful. Um, How has he barely been photographed? <laughs> I'm not getting a photograph of him. Okay, this is par- partially what I was going to talk about, but we're just... Okay, okay. You talk about it, I'm going to look up what they look like. I'm listening. Okay, okay. But, um, so his first movie was was, was Badlands. You know, he, he kind of came out of the, like, the 70s... You know, the, the 70s were, like, this time where the... You know, the old studio system broke apart and all these, like, um, you know, like these new Hollywood guys like Scorsese and Bogdanovich and, uh, um, uh, like, Robert Altman. Like, you know, these sort of weirder, more auteur directors with darker sensibilities sort of briefly became, like, some of the biggest guys in Hollywood because there wasn't really, you know, the power of the studio system had kind of subsided a little bit before, you know, reasserted itself in the 80s and there was this... (laughs) 
this kind of brief window uh, where there was, you know, a lot more creative freedom in Hollywood. Um, and Matt is just giggling over a picture of Terrence Malick. Um, yeah, okay, I was going to talk about it. But <laughs> I'm listening. Okay, but... Um, yeah, okay, so... After, uh, I got totally derailed. Um, Apologize. Um, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. It's okay. I was going to get there. We were going to talk about his paleontologist hat. But, um, yeah, so so he made these two movies in the 70s, Badlands, um, which, you know, was kind of came out of this, you know, this darker, like, new Hollywood period. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like a Lovers on the Run movie about, like, a, a couple of spree killers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of has, like, a Bonnie and Clyde feel in that mm-hmm. way, which is kind of the movie that, like, kicked off. Yeah. Um, the, like the whole new Hollywood thing. Yeah. Um, but like is much more poetic. He has this like this this sensibility that is you know he's very interested in you know like he's very improvisatory um, and uh, is very interested in like in like nature and natural landscapes and he's very metaphorical. Mm-hmm. So you know it was this movie that kind of kind of fit in with the like you know the kind of grimy violent cinema that was like the, the big deal in the 70s but like was also again just much more again just sort of gentler and more poetic at the same time you know it's a movie about spree killers that will also take a lot of time just sort of you know watch them stand around in magic hour while the sun sets you know um and so it's, it's kind of an interesting like starting point for him and then from there he just goes like deeper and deeper into the you know poetic man and nature stuff you know mm-hmm. um like his, his the movie he made after that days of heaven is like there's barely a plot to it it is maybe it is a strong contender for the best looking movie ever shot you know it's just set on like this farm during the depression and just kind of it's it's really a movie about watching people like just looking at people in landscapes like mm-hmm. there's there's kind of a plot but not really you know it's it's mostly just these like you know, beautiful vistas that ha- have been sort of given this, like, metaphorical power by the way the images are crafted and put next to each other. But it was also, like, you know, a very torturous shoot. Um, largely because, you know, he was someone who, you know, there was, like, a, you know, he would, there would be a script for the day and he'd be like, actually, I just want to shoot these birds, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, so much of this, I feel like, is informed by the fact that he was, like, I mean, like, wasn't he, he was, like, his original plan was he was going to be, like, a philosophy, like, like teacher or something like that? Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, but, um, so, yeah, like... Yeah, I read a thing. Yeah, there you go. I read a lot of things about Terrence Malick in preparation for this. Did, did you? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, it's not like you watched several other movies to prepare for my stupid movie. To I did, about. yeah. I did way too much homework for this episode. It's um, incredible how yeah. much... It's... Folks, it's it's so... It's so weird being just, like, the... Like, I don't know. Like, like, like Rob is one... What, I, what, what would I be? I'm the carry? Or, no, you're carrying me? What is it? I don't what? know. What it? I, don't I don't know, know what this metaphor is going for. My point is, my point is, it's so crazy being just the lo- the, the the difference in professionality. Yeah, but also, like, if this was just me, like, monologuing, it would be so much more boring. That's right. Um, we so do, I we... help. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, so he makes these, like, these, these two movies that are, like, by no means, like, blockbusters you know they are you know weird arty you know not independent movies because there wasn't really as much independent cinema then but like definitely would be now Mm -hmm. but also like and was you know kind of this 
you know, this weird guy who had sort of, you know, as much of a, like, a philosophical bent as anything else. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which really pissed off, you know, like, Richard Gere, who was, you know, one of the stars of Days of Heaven, hated working with him because he's like, just shoot the fucking script. Why are yeah. we, like, why, why are you shooting birds? Come back yeah. here. We had yeah. a script for the day. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And someone that's, like, someone that's, like, an actual, like, 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 journeyman actor. Right. He's like, yeah. And even his way of, like, filming actors, like, again, is very improvisational like they'll be doing a take and he'll just be like actually why don't you like uh go play with that wheat over there just see what happens you know um we'll like yell out blocking at people as they're acting you know just because and and apparently like just doesn't cut like he just lets a take run forever like essentially until they run out of film he's like something interesting might happen (laughs) um i like that yeah yeah and so which means his movies are they have this weird rhythm to them you know where um which they don't really, they aren't composed so much of scenes as like, you know, it's the rhythm is almost musical the way he edits. Mm. It's like, they're not seen so much as like movements, you know? Yeah. Well, he'll like cut between multiple planes of actions. He won't give you like a full scene. He'll just give you like a little snippet of dialogue or a couple of images that kind of rhyme with each other in an inter- interesting way, but don't you don't really know exactly how they fit together in a plot form or yeah. spatially. Um, but are, you know, often unified by, like, music, um, or narration. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Um. No, I know that this was definitely a movie where, like, I had to, uh, like I do for all of your movies, had to go back and read the Wikipedia for it <laughs> to make sure they got everything. But, like, but like that's the thing. Is that, like, like I mean, and there's definitely, like, stuff I missed in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. There's stuff that I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what happened? Oh, okay, that's what's up. Right? But, like, but, like, but, like, I, I didn't come out of it feeling like I had missed the point of the movie. Right. Like, like, I know what you mean about, like, like there are pieces of music that I've listened to, like, songs that I've listened to, and have mm. elicited an emotion out of me, so that right. I understand what the song is saying, but, like, you know, like, I don't know the lyrics, you know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah yeah. 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 Yeah, and I mean, the the story of his, like, I think this is the movie where, like, that style comes fully into fruition. Yes. Because the first two, the 70s movies, Badlands and Days of Heaven, are, a, like, the, the, those two movies like his first three really with those two and then culminating in this are kind of the process of him walking away from traditional narrative well like badlands is you know is like again like kind of a traditionally put together lovers on the run movie with all of these poetic tendencies underneath um and then badlands is a little bit more poetic and then this is like fully like just his own thing you can can even like see that in like all all of his movies use narration Mm -hmm. but like Badlands, the narration, is, like, it's fairly expository. It's, like, you know, then me and Kit, we ran away and we lived by the river for a while. And, like, you know, it's it's good narration in that it, it tells you as much about the character as it does, like, the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well written in that way, but it is very, you know, it is literal in a way. Just, hi, I'm telling you what is happening here. Yes. Whereas by the time that you get to the thin red line, it's, like, this is not What's this war in the heart of nature? Exactly. Why must the land contend yeah. with the sea? You know, yeah. it's, it's pure, like, philosophical mumbling. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, like, that, in a way, is almost, like, expository. You know what yeah, I mean? But I, because, like, what the movie is interested in is as much those ideas yeah. as the actual, like, plot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, the plot, like, the fact that, like, 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 the fact that, like, 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 like I feel like this movie is very specifically set in the Guadalcanal campaign, right? Right in mm. World War Two, like for this reason of like of like of like of like of like it had another story to tell, and they were like this this horrible 
like, yeah. like, 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 horrific campaign, right, in this horrible, horrific war was the way for us to tell this story. Like, 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 like the point of the story, like, this isn't, this is a, this is, this isn't, this almost isn't like a war movie. This is like a philosophy movie that uses the setting of a battle in right. order to tell the story. Yeah, it's driven almost primarily by its themes, and then it locates those themes in a setting and characters within that setting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's it's worth backing up for a second to, to see how we got there, because there is this 20-year uh-huh. gap between... Yeah, yeah which I'm really heaven. interested in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, between Days in, of Heaven and um, uh, the Thin Red Line. Days of Heaven came out in 78, and Thin Red Line was 98. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... He would be, again. He was a you know obviously a smaller director in the seventies. He wasn't exactly a household name, but among like film circles, he was a big deal. You know because he had such a unique voice and sensibility. They was there was a real sense that this guy is a true artist, and you know we are interested in whatever he does next. Um, to the point that like um, the uh, the Paramount, which produced Days of Heaven, the head of Paramount, like set up a trust fund specifically for Terrence Malick. Uh, the the legend is because Days of Heaven made him cry. Hmm. He's just like I want to support this guy, yeah. even though he is about as uncommercial as directors get. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to give like almost like a like a MacArthur Genius Grant. We just hmm. want to give him some money to support him yeah. until he's ready to make his next project. And like you know, originally it was just like because Days of Heaven the shoot was so and the even the editing which took like two years because again he shoots so much. And it is so disconnected. The editing is really difficult mm-hmm. in these films. Like, there's this story. I that, can't even imagine. Yeah, like, there's this story that uh, I, I listened to the commentary track for Days of Heaven, of you did. which Terrence Malick does not appear on because he's a notorious recluse, which we'll get into in a second. But it mm-hmm. was John told the cinemato- cinematographer, Grant Hill, his producer, and uh, Jack Fisk, the production designer. Mm-hmm. And I think it was either, I think it was Grant Hill was telling the story about how. You know, they're spending like weeks editing this particular scene and they couldn't figure out um, how to make it work. And then like, you know, pretty deep into the editing process, Terrence Malick remembered that, again, because he's someone who just shoots like entire rolls of film without cutting, she remembered, hey, at the end of this one roll of film, there were like 12 frames that I think would really make this thing come alive. And so the editor had to go back through like the million feet of footage that they, that they shot for this moment mm-hmm. to find like literally half a second of footage. But then once they put it into the scene, and he didn't specify which scene it is, but once they put it in, like, suddenly everything fit. Yeah. And that's just, that's kind of his... Wow. The way that he works, is he just, he shoots a lot, you know, based almost on intuition and inspiration more than, like, a plan. Yeah. And then gradually finds a story in the editing. Yeah. Um, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, it's kind of, see, because here's the thing, right? As a dumb guy, right? Mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that, and what I think is, like, oh, Right. Uh, 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 well, actually, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, what I think is, 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 is it's so funny because like, I think like that does just exist where you just get someone that is just like so naturally gifted mm-hmm. in, in a medium like that. Uh, but then I think that, I, I, I think that like hearing stories like that also kind of make you think of like, like kind of pull up my collar because <laughs> I'm just like, because they're just like, just like, how many people are just like, like how many fucking rolls of film have been used by total dipshits just being like no man i'm gonna be like terrence ballard i'm just gonna feel it <laughs> right man. right when it's like when it's like no like like that is something like i mean I, I i would love to talk to him uh you know right and just be like you know and just be like first off let me take a picture of you second off <laughs> uh can i have that hat third off mm-hmm. uh what's it called no but like but like like, like i wonder if like 
Like, how he knows. Like, how he knows. Like, what's he building in there? You know what I mean, right? But, like, because, like, cause like, cause like, 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 that is such a insane thing to think of. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm someone that, like, you know, uh, uh, fucking forgets my goddamn feet when I wake up in the morning. You know what I right. mean? You know that old saying that people say, I forget my feet when I wake up in the morning? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. But, 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 I don't know, man. I mean, like, that is, that is something... Also, God, how many fucking hours of footage must there exist for this fucking movie? Yeah, from what what I heard, the assembling, like, the, just creating the assembly cut, which is basically, like, the the rough draft cut of the movie, and you work from there, took seven months. Jesus Christ. And the assembly cut was five hours long. Holy fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, um... And they, they didn't even really know who the main character was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there isn't really. Uh, because yeah. this is such an ensemble film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, I guess we should just get it, give, get some basic context of the movie before we get mm-hmm. into it. Um, but, um, so anyway, he, he takes this, like, this 20-year break. He's, you know, he keeps, like, you know, there are all these, like, legends about, like, what he was doing in this time. Because he, he is um, someone who is notoriously media shy. You know, he's, he doesn't seem to be, like, a, a recluse. Like, J.D. Yeah. Like Salinger, he gets compared to a lot. But, like, J.D. Salinger literally didn't leave his house. J.D. Salinger literally moved to, like, the middle of... What was it? Like, Vermont or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, moved to the middle of nowhere. And then, like, people come up and just be like, Are you J.D. Salinger? And he'd be like, Go away! Right. Like, a literal recluse. Right. And yes. Malik isn't that. So, like, he yeah. he's, he's out in the world, you know? Yeah. Like, he lives in Austin. There are stories that, like, if you... You know, if you're, like... Walking around Austin, you might like run into him like bird watching or something, and like and and like you know there will be like there are like pictures like especially since cell phones became a thing there are like pictures and videos of him that like surface. It's become almost like a like a sport, almost like Malik watching. Like, <laughs> like a couple of years ago, a video of him like square dancing at like a honky tonk came out. <laughs> like because like he is, he is just a guy. Yeah, like, out, exactly. Out in the world, like you know he's. He's married, you know, he... Um, yeah, I think he has, like, some kids or something like that. Yeah, you know, he seems to... He was, like... You know, he was, like, a... a like, a like a star high school athlete. Like, you know... Yeah. He, he was, you know, a, a Texas guy. Yeah. Um, who... Yeah. But, like, also is, like... Has no interest whatsoever in the media. Uh-huh. Um, like... Has, at this point, been nominated for uh, several, like, Oscars and has never shown up to the ceremony. Really? Yeah. That's and, so cool. And so when they do the, like, you know, the... When they show the, like, the five nominees up on screen... They always just use the same picture of him, which is like, for a long time was the like the only even remotely recent picture of him, which was that picture that you saw, uh, which is actually from uh, shooting the Thin Red Line, where it's just him with this kind of dorky smile, wearing like a, what I can only describe as a paleontologist hat, <laughs> because it's it's the, hat, it's the hat that Sam Neill has in Jurassic yeah. Park. So <laughs> think of it as a paleontologist hat. It's it's. Such a big hat. Yeah. It is just, oh my god, that's perfect. Yeah. But like, there, so there are all these, like, legends of what he was doing in these 20 years, that he was, like, teaching philosophy at the Sorbonne, um, that he had some, like, you know, great doomed romance. We, you know, we do know that he was divorced at some point in there and then remarried. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that there were, like, a few projects he, like, tried to get off the ground and failed, like, um... For a long time, he was wor- working on this kind of legendary script called Q, um, where he like, like he kept sending Paramount pages that were just like, they they said that like they loved everything they got from him, but it wasn't a movie. 
like it was just like descriptions of like of like poetry of like you know shots of icebergs calving and the sunset in the jungle and like you know uh you know it'll start with a imagery of a of a giant god sleeping under the the ocean and neon fish swimming into his nostrils and the the sleeping god dreams of the creation of the universe and like you know we'll we'll go through the whole voyage of time starting with the big bang and you know the evolution of life and the formation of the planets and eventually the, then we'll get to the birth of the main character and then the movie will start Can you imagine what QAnon would have been if he had made this movie <laughs> would have been nice but who knows yeah. but like el- elements of that script ended up in the tree of life hmm. um which is you know the movie he made his fifth movie so this is then red line is his third then there was the new world in like 2006 i think and then the uh, tree of life and new world kind of bombed didn't it yeah it's a good movie um but like again like um it always looked to me i never saw it, but it always kind of looked like kind of it always kind of looked like like i don't know kind of like a modern take on like a guay uh not not really i mean it's it's like a it's a pocahontas story oh is it um but shot by terrence malick so oh. You know, oh, I might have to actually check that out. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie, but like after the Thin Red Line, which actually ended up being kind of a financial success and mm-hmm. like got nominated for a bunch of Oscars, like the New World did not. Like, yes, it it was not successful in any way. But then, then he makes the Tree of Life after that, which is you know this insanely successful movie. Was I mean, that? for that kind of movie, yeah, like yeah, it, exactly. It's this movie that is it's deeply personal, like it is kind of autobiographical, like about his childhood in Texas, that also like borrows all of those elements from Q, where he like, you know, traces like there's like a whole section in the middle that like starts with the Big Bang and like, you know, goes through like the formation of the planets, goes through you know like the evolution of life. There's 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 fucking dinosaurs in the movie, basically because the whole movie is you know it's it's again this kind of philosophical meandering it kind of it's obliquely dealing with the suicide of his brother Mm. because his brother you know was someone who committed he had two brothers one of whom was in a car accident that killed his wife and he was badly deformed and then another one who committed suicide so he's got kind of a rough family history yeah 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 and it's it's just sort of about a man sort of like struggling with his own life and you know basically like trying to resolve the issue of suffering in a world that was created by an ostensibly loving god mm-hmm. you know it starts the, the like the, the epigraph of the movie is that quote from uh, the book of job that's like you know where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth you know basically god asking like you know i know you're suffering but you know you have no idea what's around you look at the beauty you know you 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 don't understand the world mm-hmm. now, it's basically that idea in like taken out to a two and a half hour movie that involves you know both like I'm a kid in Texas and dinosaurs and the Big Bang. Um, so it's that and, movie's gonna make me cry. I yeah, can't watch that movie. Yeah, I almost assigned it to you and you begged me not to. <laughs> did I? Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, why? Because does a kid die? No. Why did I beg you not to? I don't know. You just you were just like, oh, don't assign me the Tree of Life. Oh, what's it called? Oh, I think it's because I thought it was like some bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. It looked like some bullshit to me. It looked like something. Everyone I know that was really excited about it, I was like. But I didn't know it was this guy. You should have told me it was the thin red line guy. <laughs> I would have said, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. But I did want to talk about this movie, too. But yeah. anyway, the, the Tree of Life is kind of his, you know, his his magnum opus and his, like, you know, defining statement. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, you know, did get, like, you know, it was 
for that kind of movie, fairly financially successful. It was a pretty zeitgeisty movie in its way. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, like it was a big enough movie that like people were people who do not normally see that kind of movie were showing up, and like there was like a a thing that like theaters would have to put up like warning signs, being like, "Hey, this movie's weird. Please yeah. don't ask for your money back. Like it's just a weird movie. We're glad that you're seeing it, but it's weird. Yeah, you know, some weird shit is gonna happen. We're glad you're here. Please don't complain. Yeah, um, yeah." Yeah, um, yeah. And, like, you know, got Oscar nominations and, like, um, was kind of, like, a, a beautiful culmination to this career that almost seemed like it wasn't, you know, going to end almost before it started. Did he get an Oscar? Days. No, no. Um, he wouldn't care. I don't think so. No, he doesn't seem... He genuinely seems disinterested in it. Which is insane. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't you care? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What would be your dream job on a set? Like, like, like if you were to be involved in a movie, what would be your dream? I mean, I want to come up with a joke answer, but just, I would like to direct. Yeah, that's yeah. what I figured. Yeah. 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 You know what mine would be? What's that? What's it called? Uh, gaffer. What does a gaffer do, Matt? That's it. I would be, I would love to find out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like lighting an electrical. Oh, yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, I'd be in the union. Yeah, that's there right. you go. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I would like to be a star. But. I would like to be a star actor. Anyway, yeah, so. After, like, 20 years of, like, failing to get something off the ground, finally this was just the thing that got off the ground. Um, you know what I want to... Actually, I got a new answer. Can I tell you my answer? What's your answer? I would like to be Robert Pattinson's accent coach. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I like By would you just mean yell, get an accent coach at him? <laughs> Talk well, American! Yeah, just be British, asshole! That You can just play Elvis British, who cares? Not I, said the fly. Sorry, so what were we talking about? Well, I was I was tra- really transitioning into talking about this movie. Um, Which movie? I the Thin Red Line. Oh, okay. Um, We're talking about several movies since. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I wanted to talk about his career generally. No, I know you did. Yeah. Gonna, I've been, I've been, I've been thinking about the fact that I left my ring and watch outside. <laughs> Just I'm okay. trying not to freak out about it. Yeah, um, it'll be fine, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, birds will take them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see they're shiny and want them for their nests. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, because that's not what I did when I saw them. Yeah. yeah. My precious. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, um, no, but so the thin red line. Yeah, so it is an adaptation of a, uh, fuck, um, Jones. What's his, James Jones, I want to say? Um, I think you're right. I think the, it is the, James. The guy who wrote From Here to Eternity. Yeah. Uh, this was, and which you know was obviously about like the army in pre-war. Yeah. He was he was a you know, James Jones. Uh, I I have to look it up. Okay, yeah, look it up. Yeah, it's something like that though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, James Jones. Yeah. Um, who he, who was a veteran of the Guadalcanal campaign himself, and he wrote the Thin Red Line as kind of an auto you know an autobiographical novel about yeah. his experiences in Guadalcanal. Yeah. Um, it was you know. A, like, a fairly cynical take on army life. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, um, and, like, I in the uh, the booklet for the Criterion edition of the uh, the Thin Red Line, they'll, they'll always include, like, a critical essay about the, about the film, and they'll sometimes include, like, some supplementary materials, and they include this essay that James Jones wrote about, like, war films generally um, in, the, in the booklet for the DVD, where he basically talks about how you know how basically how phony all war films are that even the ostensibly anti-war movies all contain some like essentially militaristic ideas within them you know he has this um this quote in there let me pull it up real quick um that basically most war movies intend to show even when you know that 
even when they uh, uh, attempt to describe war as hell, they fundamentally intend to show that through the hell of combat, the character grows up and become a man. Yeah. Um, but where does one find the war film which tells the story of the man who grew up and became an animal? Yeah. And, you know, that the true test of an anti-war film is whether or not it shows that modern war destro- destroys human character. Yeah. Um, and I think that that idea appealed to Malick because this is really, you know, this is a movie about, you know, the way that, uh, the, at least, you know, not him directly, but his... His producers are quoted as quoting him as saying that he was interested in showing, uh, you know, making a movie about what he called the green poison of industrial war destroying, you know, destroying an, uh, uh, like, like, like a, 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 a paradise, basically. Because yeah. all of his movies are basically paradise lost movies. Yeah. Um, and, and this one really is too. You know, it's about um, these industrial armies arriving at like one of the most beautiful places on earth and blowing it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Blowing it up and, and just littering it with their fucking corpses. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and w- w- without either one of them really knowing why they're doing it. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's there's this scene in the movie where they're conducting a, you know, a bombardment. You know, when they first bomb, like uh, the the middle chunk of this movie is just about the, uh, um, the battle to take this one particular hell, that the hill that yeah. the, that the but also ah, a hell. but also a hell that, yeah that, that, like the Japanese are dug in on. And you know it it, op- they, it opens with them bombarding the hill, and Nick Nolte, who's the colonel in charge of this division, you know, says to one of his 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 officers that you know, uh, we know this bombardment isn't going to really do anything. The Japanese are dug in too well, but it'll give the boys you know a nice boost in morale to see yeah. them getting shot to hell. Yeah. Um, and you know, then it cuts to the shots of the actual bombardment, and this you know this beautiful pristine hill just turning into. You know, just a hellscape. Exactly. They, they are blowing up a beautiful place for 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 no reason other than show. They're they're exactly. play acting at war. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, and and and, and even before that though, I feel like I, I think it was kind of like they were talking. What's it called? John Travolta as as a general. Yes. Like, just basically just fucking with Nick Nolte. But by the way, John Travolta, honestly, chewing on the scenery. Honestly, that's kind of his deal yeah yeah he fucking rocks that mustache is great too yeah but yeah no 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 but he's got a nice little 40s pencil mustache oh it's yeah. great it's fantastic but he's fucking but he's going to right in there and him and Nick Nolte are basically I, I forgive me if i'm wrong they're basically talking about like look we don't know why the i'm just gonna call them the japanese instead of what they call them You're right yeah they yeah. use they use authentic 1940s vernacular would you believe folks yes yeah. yes yeah yeah but they're basically like i don't know they're basically like look we don't know why the japanese are so well dug in here but we're gonna dig them out you know right. what I mean? Like this, like, 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 we have no idea why they want this so badly. Right. But, but, I mean, hell, I guess we could put an air. I mean, they got an airfield there, and if we can get there, then hey, that'd help. You know right. what I mean, right? Yeah. And it ends up being like the turning point of the war right. in, in in the Pacific. Guadalcanal does, but like, I had no idea. You know what I mean, right? Or, or at least I don't think they did. It, it didn't seem like they did, but yeah, but like basically. But, I mean, the the movie isn't really interested in those kind no, of like, no, strategic no. concerns. No. It's, it's the the movie's concerns are what war does to nature, and including what war does to men's souls. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that. But but that's the point. Is that like? Is that like? I I, I think what it shows is that is a even at like the highest echelons of this. Uh, even at the highest echelons of this, like like they don't really know what they're doing, and like and like and like and like and like they don't actually have any real reason to be doing what they're doing, other than like I mean like Nick Nolte's entire motivation. Is, he wants a promotion. He wants a promotion. He wants a promotion. He's, he feels like he's been a colonel for too long and is yeah. desperate to get his stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He as, I mean, as there's this totally throwaway 
Sean Penn line where, you know, he's been put up for a medal and he, he vociferously, vociferously denies it. He's like, I will fucking quit if you put me up for a medal. And then he just kind of mumbles almost to himself, it's all about property anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it's no. completely cynical about the ends of war. Exactly, yeah, even, yeah. Even in, you know, what we, I think most of us would agree is a justified war. Yeah. Like, its business and purpose are ultimately cynical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, and I think, and I think, and I think, like, that's, I mean, like, and that is what we see. Because we start this movie with with Jesus himself, Jim Caviezel. Yes. What's it called? Did I get it right that time? Yeah, that's that's yeah. Great. I kept thinking that Henry Cavill was and Jim Caviezel are the same person. They're very different people. They they're kind of the same person. They don't look almost at all alike. They look kind of alike. I mean, they're both attractive white men. Yes, and they're both British. Is Jim? What is Jim Caviezel? What's it called? He's British. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Look it up. I will. Yeah, but I believe it. you. Do it. I'm continue with your point. Oh, he's point? American. What is he American? Actually, yeah. fuck! I thought he was Australian. He's from he's from Wisconsin. Oh shit! I thought he was Australian, and I was gonna no. have this whole bit about how about when you corrected me, I was gonna be like, yeah, that's what I said, British. Anyway, no, but anyway, um, no, well, okay, well, apologies to him. Uh, anyway, no, 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 but like, but like, he starts off like, and it's him and uh, and that other guy, and they're at like the like 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 they, the they have they're two soldiers who've gone a wall and are just kind of living with some natives yeah 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 they're just living with some natives and like and like and like they're like it's like the best fucking life like yeah they just, just hang out on the beach and chill yeah, out and totally appeal, like help them out with their shit right mm-hmm. i remember like even at one point like 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 he asked like a native woman he's just like he's just like i scare you and she was like yeah and he was like why right you know and i thought she was gonna be like i don't know you're like a white guy and like i've <laughs> not seen a lot of white people right and she was like no but she goes and she goes and she goes no, you look like army. Right. You know what I mean, right? You know, and even though he's like he's not wearing any uniform, he's like in he, like his britches. Yeah, yeah, no, I think even more so. I think he cut off his pants yeah. into shorts. Yeah, yeah, because it's you know what it is, buddy. What? Th- it's th- it's thighs out summer, baby. Yep, thighs out it's summer. Out, it's thighs out. Thighs summer, out summer in the Solomons. That's right. Yeah. Thighs out summer. Your reaction when I showed you my thighs out summer shorts was we're moving up. <laughs> We're not dwelling on your on your skinny on your uh, booty shorts. So, God, they're so hot, folks. I'm so hot. Anyway, no, but uh, but fucking, what was it? No, 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 no. But I mean, like, I mean, like, this is a this this really like, I mean, like, so you start there, right? And then like, and 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 I think one of the best kind of scene changes in the movie, right? The fucking American boats come up, right? And he's kind of like, oh, what the fuck are they doing here? Right. Right. And then and then and then you change from that like island paradise you smash cut to the brig exactly yeah yes yeah yes and it's and it's such a fantastic it's gray and dark exactly industrial exactly Um, yep yep and you don't even get to get out of the war by being shot for deserting uh you're gonna be a stretcher bearer yeah 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 um and and so from there i mean the movie just kind of again it it is what did I want to say? Um, so it, you know, from there it just kind of goes like into the assault on the hill, um, mm-hmm. and it is like the movie. So here I wanted to back up actually and talk yeah. about something else. So the movie again is a uh, an ensemble piece. Like there isn't really a main character. There are figures that emerge to be more important than others, but really I wanted to back up even further and talk about when it was announced that Terrence Malick was going to be making another movie. And he was enough of a legend um, that like there was a like there was kind of a stampede to like get cast in his movie. Like a lot of like big names really wanted in. Um, 
there's this this story that one of the producers tells that like at one point an agent of some he doesn't say who but some like a-list hollywood actress calls him up and is like if terrence malick is making a movie my client needs to be in it and she was like the casting director's like look it is a war movie there are literally no women in it there's 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 a picture of one of their wives at one point and the agent's like she plays the picture yeah yeah she'll take it did like, she did, did it end up happening I, I don't think so i don't know but like just there was that level of interest in the film yeah from, like major talent like apparently like <laughs> al pacino offered to do it for free um wow yeah like that I'm, sorry i'm just imagining like how funny would it have been if like like they're just some like some like scared soldier just like just like when they're like when they're like going to like because like they're not sure if the japanese are gonna be fucking waiting for them are they mm-hmm. right right and they're like going and they're in like the fucking boats and everything they're gonna and you seem like shaking and he just takes out a picture it's just like and it's um, oh man who is it? and it's just like i don't know like meg ryan or something. <laughs> yeah. it's just it's a, a meg ryan <laughs> yeah, yeah it, would, it would be distracting and like and so that that folds into my point though however which is that like the studio was like okay you you have stars offering to do this at like for for below their quote. Yeah. Obviously, you take them, and Terrence Malick was was very resistant to that. He he wanted to cast like complete unknowns because his thinking was like, look, if Brad Pitt is in this movie and he gets blown up, like the audience knows Brad Pitt is just going back to his mansion. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I want unknowns so that people can so that the audience can relate to them as characters and not as actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, they sort of compromised where the studio agreed to let, like, they, they forced them, like, okay, if we're, if we're putting this much money into this, like, Terry, we love you. We're glad you're making another movie. If we're giving you a war movie budget to make your weird little poetry movie, you're going to have to put some stars in it. And so the deal that they struck was basically they have, like, a lot of A-list people in, like, day player supporting roles. Like, John Travolta shows up for one scene to play a general. Like, mm-hmm. George Clooney shows up at the end to have one scene where he gives a monologue as like the new CEO and um I guess Nick Nolte yeah like they're but like the Nick Nolte is prop and Sean Penn are the biggest of the main players yeah but like um and there there are a bunch of faces that are really recognizable that now now that weren't really stars at the time like Jared Leto Jared Leto is Our in favorite. there. Yeah, I mean, he's fine in this. Oh no! Oh no! 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 no. Oh no! Oh no! But he's fine in this. I'm talking about the, the, the yes, monster he's become. But yeah, yeah. But, no, he's fine in this. Like John C. Riley is in there. Yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson, who's probably a bigger name, but like you know, probably not yeah. as big as he is now. Yeah, like, he was still the, the Cheers guy, I think, primarily at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was uh, John C. Riley at the time? Like Days of Thunder. Yeah, he was just a supporting guy who showed up in places. I don't yeah. think he was quite John's. I mean, he's still, you know, mostly a supporting guy who shows up in yeah. places. But, like, yeah. You know. Always happy to see John C. Oh, Riley. yeah, I love John C. Riley. Absolutely. Um, and, like, Adrian Brody. Is yes. In, but, like, this was, like, pre-Oscar. He was still pretty small. You yeah, know? Um, yeah. My brother actually asked me. He's just, like, the other day, and I thought it was pretty funny. He's like, he's like, wait, can Jews, wait, are Jews allowed to have a piano in their home? And I was just like, what are you talking about? They made an entire movie out of it. Which I think, <laughs> I think is pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. I don't know why he asked that. That wasn't... But anyway, continue. But like, apparently, yeah. like... And so they hired all of the... Like, so they, they hired, like... There, there is a, you know, there's a large cast. A lot of them are kind of anonymous guys. Like, some of the, some of the figures that they end up focusing on, like, I have no idea who the actors are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, some of... But, like, you do... You'll have these scenes where, like, for, you know, a couple scenes, Woody Harrelson is the star. You know, and for the most part, he's just, like, um, you know, they had, 
the way they filmed it is they had like on set at any given time between like 150 and 500 extras who were all sort of they just formed like a battalion that you know um and then like 40 like actors who were all like people with roles um with like character names and speaking roles and they didn't know as they were filming who was going to be more important than anyone else Mm-hmm. Um, like they didn't know who the stars were. Oh man! So they just like filmed basically. They basically filmed like forty storylines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty storylines basically as they made this like assault on a hill. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then in the edit, figured out who they wanted to like be the main characters. That's like, so cool. So like apparently like Adrian Brody, who like has like maybe two lines of dialogue in this. Yeah. yeah. But like he he thought he was going to be the star. Really? Yeah, like apparently he like brought his parents to the premiere because it was gonna be like he thought it was gonna be like one of his first big starring roles. Yeah, he's like he's the guy who's scared in the background of a lot of scenes. Yeah, exactly. Um, wow. But I mean, still, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, fuck, Terrence Malick. Yeah, but and like I don't know when when you were when you look at the cast because when you just look at the cast list, like it is so stacked. Yeah, and like there are people who were like big names who didn't even make it in the cut. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Bill Pullman and Mickey Rourke both, like, filmed apparently pretty extensive arcs and aren't even in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, um, when you, and if you look at that cast list, there's a lot of big names on there. I don't know if you would have necessarily, looking at that list, been like, oh, I know that Jim Caviezel and Elias Cotillas are going to be, like, the two main characters of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. I, th- I think that the... I like that approach because it gives you this sense that like, which I think is really uh, indicative of sort of the sort of the democratic spirit of the movie Mm -hmm. where like everyone feels like they could be the star of the movie. Well, I mean, it was such a democratic war in so far as it was like, look, like unless like you have something real wrong with you, but like, or be like real old, right? Or something like that. But like, I mean, it was a war where just like fucking like, how many people served in World War Two? Right. Like, like just so many people. Like, just so many people. So many people went that, like, that, like, that, like, they just asked. Like, there was a point in time, like, where, like, if you were buying a house, like, they just asked you if you were a veteran because, like, just like fucking so many people were veterans that, like, they got like different pricing on like houses and mm-hmm. shit like that. Like, it was just. I mean, I, I don't know that has to do with anything. But my point is that, like, yeah, like it was. It I don't know. It, it was just such a. And I guess that's like kind of what he was talking about about like. Actually, I don't know where I was going with that. Keep talking. But yeah, no, I just, really what I was saying is that, you know, you look at this and, like, the thing, the, the, one of the senses, one of the the, the, the big takeaways from this movie is you, you look at anyone and like, they are the star of their own movie. Yeah. Like, they, they have their own story. There yeah. is There is drama to their life. They count. Something matters. And, like, you know, so you turn the corner and, you know, George Clooney is there and he matters and he matters as much as Dash Mahawk, mm-hmm. you know, who ends up having one of the bigger storylines in this movie as just mm-hmm. like guy who gets weirdly excited when he kills someone and then kind of has to reckon with that. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. like it, it's, it, the movie is a tapestry and every thread seems to count as much as every other one. Like even, and that extends to like the Japanese too. Yeah. Like I don't like when they finally take the hill, um, you know, there are really two big scenes of this. Like, when, first they clear out this bunker. When they finally clear out the bunker, which is, like, the big thing that has been holding them down and holding them up for so long and has, you know, caused them so much misery and it is such an accomplishment to finally take this bunker. Like, they don't linger on, like, the, the celebration of the Americans. They, like, the camera lingers on the, like, on the Japanese POWs as they, like, 
have to reckon with their their failure mm-hmm. and like pray desperately and hope for mercy mm-hmm. and then when they like finally take the the bivouac at the top of the hill like the final victory the film has been building to like it the whole sequence is this like tragic route that's like focusing on the suffering of the the japanese and the like the reckless brutality of the, of the americans, americans. Yeah. yeah 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 like 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 i know that there was that thing in like japan at the time where like right right and you see this like like eventually when like the americans take osaka right mm. where like people like threw themselves and their children like to their deaths because like the whole idea had been like you know the americans are going to do like rape you kill you and then eat you right right, right? Like, that had been that whole thing right you know and it's that thing that we kind of you know, like, talk about, right, where it's kind of like, you know, right, right, that we're taught, I guess, you know, at least in America, it's like, isn't that so crazy that they thought that we were going to do that? Mm-hmm. But then, like, you see, it's like, you know, right, and, and I guess, like, you know, this is what um, James uh, um, uh, uh, was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Was like, was like, was like, no, like, that wasn't, that was, that didn't come out of nowhere, you know what I mean? I mean, that was right. propaganda, but like, yeah, like, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, like, there are so many, there is an entire page on Wikipedia all about, like, 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 U.S. atrocities, U.S. And, atrocities yeah. in, 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 in the Pacific, like, 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 and specifically about, like, like, what we did with Japanese soldier skulls, you know right. what I mean, yeah. right? Yeah, like, how many ashtrays, how many, how many Japanese soldier skull ashtrays there are in America right now, you right. know what I mean, right? But it also, it. It shows you the brutality of that, and it also explains to you why it happened. Like yes, it, it exactly. shows you the fear and the frustration and the confusion. Yes, and everything that leads to that kind of brutal outpouring of violence. Like, I just the yeah the sensibility of the movie is everything counts. Yeah. Everyone counts. Yeah, um, yeah, like yeah. There's yeah. one of the like little lines of narration that I think um, points to both what this movie is doing, and I really think what Terrence Malick has tried to do in his whole filmography, which is just uh, one of the I think the, the guy the guy who provides the narration I think is like private train or something. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who like doesn't even really show up in the movie. He no, like, yeah, he shows up in like the very beginning and he's just like, I'm so scared. Yeah, he has one scene at the beginning and one scene at the end and like nothing at all in between, but provides like about as much narration as anyone else. Yeah. I I, I think the majority of them in narration, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, and he just has this line where he says, you know, because again, most of the direction is or narration rather is people like almost directing their their thoughts and their questions and their anger at god mm-hmm. and so he just kind of he says who are you who lives in many who lives in all these many faces yeah um yeah we, and, and and goes on to say like you know are, are are all men just different faces of one big soul mm-hmm. you know which i think is really key to what this movie is about and yeah yeah um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think something I can't remember if Marcus you or to someone else, but this kind of idea of like, of like, of like, it's so interesting. Uh, well, not interesting, right? I, I know what I'm getting at, right? Mm-hmm. But, but, but basically, like, like, like there is like, like, like when we were fighting this war, right? Mm-hmm. And this was a war that was basically, you know, like the free world versus fascism, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, then what it was, right? right. You know, right, right. And of course, there are qualifications on what free men. Exactly. Yes. 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 Like yeah. A big, a big subplot in the novel that was removed from the movie is uh, anti-Semitism in the U.S. military. Uh huh. Like the the Captain Staros, Elias Cotillas's character in the in the novel is apparently uh, was Captain Stein, who's Jewish. Oh wow. And that, that was part of the conflict between him and Nick Nolte's character was that 
Nick Nolte's character is an anti-Semite. Well, yeah, well, Nick Nolte's yeah, well, Nick Nolte's character graduated from fucking West Point in like nineteen twenty-five. Yeah. yeah, you you think he was an anti-Semite? Yeah, come on. But right? anyway, finish your point. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But my point is that is that like, is that like, is that like? I I I feel like the Japanese during World War Two get treated with like this like we're like we're like I mean and and I think honestly like like a lot of them like to this day get treated with this whole kind of thing of like of like they were monsters you know what i mean i mean i mean i mean like we have like uh we have like a, what do they call it? like 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 the clean wehrmacht myth right when it comes to like the holocaust right, right? we're in like we're in like it was like no it was actually the schutzstaffel and actually the wehrmacht actually they were very no the fucking wehrmacht were the, do do not fucking come to me in this house and tell me of the clean wehrmacht right. all right they were the fucking wehrmacht all right right, right? And, and but but that's the thing right we don't what? get we don't get a clean imperial army Right. You know what I mean, right? Right. They are treated like fucking savages and barbarians. And I think what this movie does a really good job of is, is basically being like, no, these are also just guys that were fucking drafted and are, right. like, fighting in this war and are, like... And that's, that's true of the Wehrmacht as well. Exactly, it is, and, yeah. you know, guys, regular guys who are just drafted and Ex- put in a horrible situation can do horrible things. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And kind of, like, and I think what you said perfectly is, like, why does this happen, right? Like, like what makes what makes a guy... Because I, I, I watched this this interview with this German soldier from World War One, right? For mm-hmm. um, right, it was this special that the BBC did for her, I get fucking Armistice Day, Poppy Day, whatever the fuck they did right. for that, right? Right, you know, right? And so and so, um, you know, on this podcast we wear the pulpy for Boris. We do anyway. Shut uh, the fuck up. Anyway, but no, but uh, but but so but so they're like interviewing this German soldier. And, and and he talks about killing a uh, uh, um um uh, I guess it was the first time he killed a man right right and him killing mm-hmm. a a um a uh, a uh, pillow right you know what I mean right right like mm-hmm. a French soldier right right and and he talks about you know like like you know the guy about the same age as him right you know and they you know the and they charge right and they charge mm-hmm. into the trench and he gets in right and that guy goes for his gun and bayonet and 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 he talks about how he was just like. Just a little quicker than him. That's how he says it. He's like, I was mm-hmm. just a little quicker than him, right? And I put it in him, right? And he falls down, right? And then I take it out and I put it in him again and blood comes out of his mouth and he's dead, right? Right. right? And he talks about how, like, how, like, he did that and he was like, oh, my God, I fucking, I killed a guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then he talks about how, like, all the people around him, like, how he, how, how later, you know, after they took that trench, they were talking about all the, all the kills that they got. And these guys are talking about like, yeah, like I got a guy with my shovel and like, oh yeah, I shot a guy, I blew a guy's head off. And they're all talking about this, but like, yeah, like didn't we kill these guys? When he's talking about it, he's like, these guys aren't like hardened, these guys weren't soldiers before the war. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, like, like a few of them, like, like one of them was a tailor, right? One of them worked in a factory and most of them were farmhands. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, like, like these aren't hardened men. These are people that would have never done this if we weren't in this situation. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And Normal people. And the film finds so much room for different kinds of experience within that situation. Exactly. You know, there's like, there's Jim Caviezel who seems to like embody like grace and compassion. Uh huh. There's like the the guy who just wants to get back to his wife. Yeah. You know. There's the one like sergeant who's just going insane. Yeah, and I mean that that I think is um, indicative again of Malik's both like style and sensibility, where that was. You know, a guy who wasn't really, like, the actor was not really, you know, intended to be one of their, like, you know, main points of focus, but Malik just liked the guy's accent. Mm-hmm. So he just, like, you know, took a day and, like, followed him around and, like, built this whole little arc for this guy who, like, you know, lost his whole squad and kind of went insane. And, yeah. 
you know, there are all these scenes of, you know, what feel like just improvised scenes of this guy kind of going crazy. Yeah. Um, that, and, and no one helping him. <laughs> and no one helping him. Yeah. And, and I think they take his gun at one point. And the performance feels so different from all of the other performances in the in the movie. Like, it is a, a little rawer. It's a little weirder. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it's probably not as refined as, like, Sean Penn. Yeah. But, like, that, I think that goes to, like, there's something about his sensibility that allows for diff- such a a wide range of performances in the yes. movie. Like, you get, like... I get, like, guys like Caviezel and Penn who are so restrained. You know, they're giving such minimalistic performances. And then, the, like, the total other end of the spectrum, you get, like, Nolte, who's just, like, bathing in the river, river of Ham. Oh, my but, like, God, yes. But, but doing it so well. Yeah. Like, 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 there's a story that, like, apparently... That they told in the commentary that, like, apparently Nolte showed up to set having written an entire book about his character. Like, everything he'd ever done, his whole personal life experience, his whole history, every opinion that he mm-hmm. had. And, mm-hmm. like, you can tell. Like, it's a big performance. Nick Nolte is the kind of guy who gives big performances. But it is, it's not just big for the sake of big. It is very detailed within that. Yeah. That... There's that. There's a one scene where he's like, he's like he, he tells fucking John Cusack, who's also in this movie, and, 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 and John Cusack... I think one of the underrated performances in this movie just because he plays, like, b- this guy that is both, like, kind of, like, you know, a sniveling kiss-ass, right? But, also- but he's not really. Exactly, yeah. He's no. the guy who's good at his job. Exactly. And, you know, he sort of gets put into the role of wooden, of yeah. the guy who w- a kiss-ass might be put into. But, like, talk about the scenes. I want to talk I want to talk about both their performances. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, 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 what's it called? So, so, it start, so, so, like, when they're going to go take the bunker real quick, like, the reason why I said he was a kiss-ass is because he's like, oh, sorry, I would love to do that. I would love to do that very much. Right. And then he has this experience with these men where, like, they go on this incredibly perilous and, like, horrific, like, like, I, I was thinking about, like, just, just, you watch men get PTSD in real time right. as they just take withering machine gun fire over their fucking head while right. just being like, man, I am covered by about one inch of cover. You know right. what I mean? Like, 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 and so they do this, right? And so they take the bunker and that sort of unlocks the like, yes, fun. finally the offensive can get moving. They can get up this hill. Yep. And then, and then, and then John Cusack just goes like, 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 like. We we need water. We yes. need to get them water. They could right. Oh my god. Yeah, because so what's happening? Yeah, tell it, tell like it. Like they they've been stalled trying to get this offensive moving because they're pinned down by the bunker. And like Nick Nick Nolte, whose whole thing is like, again, like he's a careerist. He sees this as his opportunity to finally get advancement. You know, he literally says to Cusack, like, "You're lucky. You're getting your war war early. I had yep. to wait 15 years to get finally get my war." Exactly. Um, and you know he he's got like his promotion within his sights and like he's like we're, we're getting up this hill nothing is stopping us and you know they're not like they're moving so fast that their supply lines haven't caught gotten caught up like some just to pause real quick i love that like as poetic a movie as this is there is like real texture to like the you know it is actually interested in the life of the military like yeah. there's real texture to it like yeah you know they're interested in like logistics like how do we get water yeah, like even exactly. like the fact that their grenades are yellow is like a real historical detail because in the Guadalcanal campaign, all of their grenades were were yellow because they they hadn't made new grenades yet, and they're still using the grenades that they had for training, which were all painted yellow for safety purposes. Hmm. So they have this like thing that clashes with their camouflage right on their uniform, just because you know they hadn't been able to like manufacture enough supplies yet. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's um, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, like, 
and, and so they can't get water. Men are passing out. And, you know, John Cusack, who, again, is, you know, sort of the like the the closest thing the movie has to like a traditional military hero. He's square jawed. He volunteers for duty. He gets it. He gets it done without complaint. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's he says to Nolte, like who's kind of who's, you know, Nolte is really praising Cusack and yeah. this in the yeah. scene. Well, being do like, you remember what Nolte says to, to Cusack when he complains about the water? Well, uh, oh. I was getting there. Okay. But, okay. I wanted to make sure that you, that you got what yeah, Nolte yeah. says too. But, but Nolte, you know, is, is, you know, saying to Cusack, like, I think of you like a son, John. Yeah. You know? Um, and after all this, Cusack is like, Hey, we, we, the men need water. Yeah. Like they're not going to be able to fight if they don't get water. Yeah. And, um, and Nolte just starts, Yelling like they're they're tough boys. Yeah. If a few of them have to pass out, well they'll they'll pass out. Yeah. We just we've got to keep going. We're getting up that hill. I know we can get there tonight. God. Nothing's stopping this offensive. We're going all the way, boys. God. And Cusack just kind of says like they'll die. Yeah. Yeah. They could. Yeah. They could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know they could die of it, right? right? Like yeah. Like 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 this isn't it isn't about them passing out. It's about them dying of thirst. Yeah. And and like Cusack plays that so well because he's mostly silent for the. Renolte's whole shtick. But yeah. you get to just watch his face as he realizes that the man who's in charge is like, yeah, is an evil man. Basically, that, that's apparently I don't know if you know this. That's what that's what Elias Costias Cotias Cotias. Yeah, that's what he says when he gets off the when he gets off the horn with him. Actually, in Greek, I looked it up. He said he says he says in Greek he's lost his mind. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a little fun fact, but no. And yeah. one thing I wanted to highlight for Nolte's performance is, you know, there's one of the pivotal scenes in the movie is, you know, Elias Cotias is like the the company commander who's overseeing this assault up the hill. You know, Nick Nolte is the the higher up who's like, you know, overseeing the whole operation. But you know, Cotias is the man on the ground, and you know, Nolte keeps insisting that he send more and more of his men up this hill, even as they're you know they're just being slaughtered. You know, they're not making yeah. any progress. Yeah. And, you know, at, at one point, Cotillas breaks and refuses a direct order to send any more up the hill. He's mm-hmm. like, I, I won't slaughter my men. And, you know, what I, what I love about, you know, one of the things that I think is great about Nolte's performance that keeps it from being pure ham. Again, it is, it's so detailed and so specific. It's big, but, like, one of the choices I love is he, he plays that initial moment when his order gets refused as, like, confusion. Yeah. Like, it almost, like, breaks him for a second like you can he's so unused to it it was so not what he expecting that he could almost hear him for a second yeah and like the the bluster comes back pretty quickly but like you takes, get that moment yeah. yeah 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 no yeah you get that moment of like of like, of like wait what because like because like because like part of the whole setup of 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 of, of, of elias cortez's character right mm-hmm. is that he's like not really in charge you know what i mean right like sean penn is the sergeant right and he's like you know, they think they say like, Elias Cotillas is like the father, and then the sergeant's like the mother or something like that, yeah. right? Like, 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 Elias, no. Elias Cotillas runs the runs the company, or uh, Elias Cotillas is in charge of the company, but Sean Penn runs it. As exactly. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone really kind of like looks to Sean Penn for what they're gonna do, right? right. right. Elias Cotillas is a lawyer. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, right, right. But that's the thing. Elias Cotillas is just like. Right, you just kind of right, and he has this tension, right? Where you know, and even like he prays, like they show him praying, and he's just like, "Don't let me like fail you, God, but also don't let me fail my men." Right, you know what I mean, right? And like, and and he has this whole arc where like he's like, where you can tell like he's like, you know, the you know soldier of the go, you know, captain, right? But like mm-hmm. they don't look to him in the same way that they look to like Sean Penn. You know what I mean? Right, right, and like, and in this moment, he's just like, he just kind of realizes he's just like. No, like what it's about, I don't know. Like what I read that is is like no, like 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 this this war isn't about us taking that goddamn thing. It's about 
the people beside me. Like, like, well, like, what, or, 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 you know, or, 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 the war is literally about us taking the guy. One, one of the things yeah. that I actually, I only picked up on this viewing of it, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, is when he's having that phone call with Nolte, like, the thing that actually changes is, it's maybe my favorite moment of narration in the, the whole thing, is he looks over at a soldier next to him, who's, you know, looks like they're all of 17, and for a moment, there's just a little bit of narration, it's just like his inner monologue, which is as children. Yeah, he's, he's just realizing that the people I am sending to die are children. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. These are yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, I think like there's so much like, 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 and I was thinking about like how much because I am someone that has consumed just so much of World War Two. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, as we all have, right? Right. right? But you know, but so much of it, you know, you get like the you know the American GI with like a cigar in his mouth, just being like die. You know what they called them, right? You right. know what I mean? Over and over again, right? Right? Just like you know the Tom with the Thompson machine gun, just being like. It's being like, right. ah. John Wayne has no place in this movie. No. Nick Nolte thinks he's John Wayne. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it shows how disastrous that thinking is. Exactly. Yeah. And he thinks he's John Wayne from, from, from the fucking beach. You know what I mean? Right. Right, right? And eventually, yeah, he does get up with the men, but he's not charging up the fucking hill. Right. right? And he's not... And, and like he says, this is his first war. It's not like he's been in war before. It's not like he knows what it's like. Right. Right? He's read about it. Right? right? It is a story to him, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 he has been, and so much of his ego is riding on this that he can't even see the bloodbath happening in front of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right? And it's what's it called? I mean, like, and when you finally do get that spillover into into the into the like orgy of violence of like the man, like, I mean, them just taunting dying men. Yeah, you know what I mean, and like, and being like, I'm gonna pick your teeth out, and then the goddamn pick the gold out of your teeth and the buzzards are going to pick you dry mm-hmm. you know what i mean like saying this to like people that like like someone's child you right. know what i mean right like 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 i mean it is it is it is something and i i, I was saying about this i think this might be the most anti-war movie i've ever seen it's up there yeah and at the same time it it is a it is a very visceral war movie yeah like it and not even like In a way that, like, I mean, after everything that we have said, like, it should also be noted, like, that for what it's worth, like, the spectacle in this movie is pretty great. Oh, my at God. At the same time. Like, it, as much, as, like, as anti-war and as, as, as poetic as its inclinations are, like, it is just, like... A cool war movie. It, like, it's, it's clear that, like, had Terrence Malick wanted to make Saving Private Ryan, he probably could have. Oh yeah! Like there, I mean, there are these incredible shots of them, like, you know, just where the camera just apparently they had this like giant like thirty foot crane that allowed the the camera to like swoop up the whole side of this hill while while like being way down in the grass. Mm-hmm. Like they have shots that look like steady cam shots that like no steady cam ever would have been able to get mm-hmm. because the terrain was too difficult. It's like it is, you know, a very again just visceral and spectacular movie that mm-hmm. like also reminds you of the cost of all this spectacle yes yeah exactly yes yeah and not in a way and i feel like he does it in a way because like saving private ryan is one of those movies that like as i get older i actually appreciate less yeah you know what i mean mean. yeah 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 because like i feel like saving private ryan because like that beach scene in saving private ryan which i think is the most famous scene right right? absolutely right and i think like that beach scene does do a lot to be like yeah like it sucked right? right But like, but like, so much of that is like, it, it's all spectacle. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. It's the guy walking around trying to find his arm. You know what I right. mean? It's 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 all just like, just like, oh, like look at it, right? You, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right? Versus like, versus like, there is such 
a a gnawing terror in this movie yeah. that you can feel like 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 honestly I was thinking about you like I was thinking about right because you were like a person that like you know we've been through some shit together mm-hmm. you know in our time as friends right and I was thinking you know we've been to numb we like like we've been to our own little personal bomb <laughs> a few times you and I you know what I mean right right but like but like you know but I was thinking about like oh my god like if I like 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 that idea of like of like of like these guys have been together for years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like having to like like not just worry about yourself and your own survival, right? And the people back home, but also having to worry about like, oh my god, I hope nothing happens to my friend. You know what I mean, right? Right? Like I hope nothing ha- like you I don't know. You really like like this is just honestly a great war movie, mm-hmm. right? That also is happens to be incredibly poetic and anti-war. And I was thinking about you know that, and, and I don't know if we want to get to the end yet, or yeah, or, or yeah. that that I was like that last scene where who is it? It's Wit, right? Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he gets surrounded, mm-hmm. right, by, because I've always kind of I, I I so 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 I've always had this 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 analogy I use, right, mm-hmm. right, uh, uh uh for people to just just like. In a way, just kind of like give up and just go the easier way, right? Like there are sometimes when you just gotta give up, right? right. In life, there are just sometimes you just gotta give the fuck up and just be like, all right, you know what? Fuck it, I can't do it. What's it called? Someone help me, right? right. Like, like I give up, right? And because I think that it's important sometimes in life, right? You know, and you know the reasons behind it. But anyway, right, 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 right. But 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 the analogy I always use is like, imagine this: you're you're a soldier in a war, and you're separated from your unit, and you're just alone. And then all of a sudden, right, and you find yourself in a clearing, right? And then all of a sudden, out of the out of the woods, mm-hmm. right, right, and all around you, you see enemy soldiers, and they're just all pointing their fucking guns at you, and they're telling you to put your fucking gun down. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do, right? You could raise your gun and die in a hail of glory, but who the fuck is gonna be around to see it? And in the end of the day, what did it matter, right? Why don't you put your gun down and survive the fucking war? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's been an analogy I've used to people many, many times yeah. to effect. To basically be like, stop fucking fighting what is happening in your life, right? And 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 let's just survive together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when he does this, where he does the opposite, I was like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? That's completely against who your character is, and it confused me so much, and I, and I feel like I get it now. Yeah, because I don't think it's a hail of glory. No. I think that it is... Because to back up, where where we, yeah. how he gets there is like he, after they have taken the hill, there's kind of a, a respite in the movie um, where they go back to camp and you kind of see, you know, what war has done to them because they, they just behave like animals. You oh, know? yeah. Getting into fights, they're getting blackout yeah. drunk. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, yeah. It's a real dude. I mean, I was watching him being like, man, dudes rock, but yes. It's it's some real dudes not rocking. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bunch of real dudes just got to be like, we don't have PTSD. This, We're this, fine. This is the the cost of dudes rocking too much. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, so during this time, Wit goes AWOL again and goes back to the village. And, you know, it it's, it, 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 again, it's different. Just, it, Paradise has been lost. Um, I think it's worth noting. I mean, even from like the costuming, like in the in the first scene again, he had like he was in his britches. You know, he's yeah. 
By the time he gets back there, he is the whole time in full military regalia. With He's a got gun. His gun and everything. Yeah, gun grenades, everything. And yeah. it has become this, you know, this place of disease and violence and dispute. Yeah, um, yeah. He, like, 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 like there, he was literally talking about. He's like, he's like, I noticed even the children don't fight here originally, mm-hmm. and now like grown ass men are fucking having fist fights. Yeah, but it, I think that it's. It, it, it represents as more a change in him than the change in yeah. the place. Like, because, like, you know, one of the things he sees is a couple of skulls on a shelf. Like, those skulls didn't get there overnight. No. He's just realizing that, like, whatever paradise was available to him has been lost. And, like, he can't ignore the, you know, whatever was there already. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And even, like, going to one of the last shots of the movie, you know, when they, uh, um, when they're disembarking and going back to the ship, uh, on their way to the beach, they pass through uh, what used to be a village. You know, there's a couple of, you know, huts off in the distance, but has since become a cemetery with its own sprinkler system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I think that that is, you know, a neat little um, visual metaphor for, you know, sort of the change this island has endured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, you know, they found this Eden and are leaving it uh, with death and technology. Yes. You know, cemeteries and sprinklers. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Even I mean, even from the moment they arrive, like one of the first shots when they first embark from the from the landing craft is, you know, they all kind of huddle up on the beach and they've got this native guide who's, you know, a native Melanesian, mm-hmm. but he's in like a an army helmet with a big machete. Yeah. Like from the moment they arrive, like they have corrupted the place around them. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. have brought again just violence and technology with yes yeah. exactly yeah no and and, it, and it's so funny you know right and, and we'll talk about that scene with wit in a minute but like at the very end though fucking you know who survives the guadalcanal campaign train yeah and you see train at the very end and he is no longer like a scared 17 year old boy he's just kind of like he's like smoking a fucking cigarette he's just kind of like yeah you know right you know we'll see what happens next or whatever the i forget what he says but he's like i think he's like talking to some other soldier about like the shit so what or what what was it i can't remember he's he's talking about his plans for the future but in a way that feels almost defensive yeah like the the thing that i have to the barrier that i can erect between myself and what i have endured is the idea that i can build something from here yeah you know i'm going to i'm going to remake the world i have to yeah you know yeah yeah Yeah. no and you know that this is just a man that just screamed every night in his sleep for the rest of his life yeah, yeah. I, 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 had a, I had a science teacher whose dad was a was a was a world war ii vet i think in the pacific yeah what's it called and when and like yeah apparently just just most nights of the week yeah most nights of the week yeah dad dad would wake them all up yes and and wit you know um jim caviezel's character is the one who is you know most convinced that there is some you know some other world you know some yeah. place of grace um mm-hmm. and you know like the movie malik works in like uh dualities a lot like um you know jim caviezel and sean penn are you know this clear like uh point a and point b you know where you know wit is very you know again he's like a a a grace and compassion in human form and sean penn his sergeant is like this deeply cynical man who Mm -hmm. you know believes in nothing you Mm -hmm. know just you got to just try and survive um and you know they have these con- conversations throughout the film that kind of form a philosophical spine where they kind of debate that. Um, and there's also, there's also like Nolte and Staros, uh, Elias Quatias. They're another sort of duality. Uh, and, you know, that, that kind of thing pops up in some of his other movies too. But anyway, like, Wit, Wit's final, you know, his suicide basically um, 
feels like not like again not like a, a hail of glory thing it's more like i i quit i no longer want any part of this world exactly you know? yeah exactly no and that's what i realized it was yeah like 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 it wasn't him because i was like what the f what he became like the oorah fucking soldier like what yeah. the f no and i realized that he's like no he realized he's become a soldier yeah. right right and now he has a role to play like 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 like, like this eden that he found what's it called it, the paradise has been lost and he is to blame for it as are as as is everyone and, and more it has been lost within him exactly yeah. exactly yes that he is now that no that he's been in some way dehumanized exactly right that he is no longer that he he volunteered to get back with the regiment right and mm -hmm. to and to right and and he volunteered for this duty right and he did all of it right and like and like he was a model soldier and killed people and is now just He's just a, a a a a practitioner of death, right? Right. And he is, and 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 it is, and that's the thing, right? And I think you kind of realize he's just kind of like, nah, I don't want to be this, right? Yeah. And and there's something better. I know there's something better. There's something yeah. peaceful, and I want to get back to that. And what is so striking about the scene too is that is 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 and what got me about this is, and I'm sorry, what what one of the things I will for, uh, I'm not actually sorry, but one of the things I'll forever love this movie about is the portrayal of the Japanese. Right. You know what I mean, right? Because the Japanese are screaming at this guy to, they're, they're not taunting him. They're not like, like, like they're screaming it's at him. Please put down your like. It's not translated, but it's clearly please, please put, down put down your, down your weapon. weapon. Yeah, they exactly. They don't want to shoot you. Yes, exactly. They are trying to like take him prisoner. Yeah. They don't want to kill. They could have killed him so many times. And that's totally justified. He's mm -hmm. he's an enemy soldier with a with a with a gun. Right. You know? Again, it just it goes to that like that democratic spirit. That, exactly. Like, like just a, another little anecdote that I think points to that is like one of the first scenes in the movie when they're first like exploring Guadalcanal when they first come off the beach, you know, there's this this line of like you know soldiers walking through, you know, like a, a field and a Melanesian man just kind of passes them by, um, just completely disinterested in them. Yes. Um, yes. Which I think both again like. Within the, 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 the space of the movie points to, like, there is a whole world beyond the, the drama of this war that they're interrupting mm -hmm. that really has no interest in them but will be affected by them anyway. Yeah. But it also, it, it points to the democratic structure of his movie where the way that guy ended up in the movie is they were scouting the location there and that dude actually did that. Mm -hmm. he's, he's a guy named Jack who lives there and, you know, this, this like, you know, American film crew was trekking through the jungle and he just walked past them like they like he had no interest in them whatsoever. And they're like, "Hey, buddy, you want to be in a movie?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's a, Can no. you do exactly what you just did, but to soldiers? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, and it's so funny because I was thinking about that when he and was that just. Yeah. To, 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 no, sorry, no, 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 go, 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 go. That just points to the, the way Malik films. Like, he if there is something there that is better than what he had planned, yes. he will he will find it and he will use it. Yes. You know, the, in the commentary, John Toll, the cinematographer, who's, who's this, like, legendary cinematogra cinematographer who's been nominated for a bunch of Oscars, I'm sure has won one, mm -hmm. you know, talks about how, like, how sensitive Malick was to just, like, changes in light. Like, mm -hmm. the movie is shot almost entirely on natural light. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had to be because, again, so much of the blocking is improvised, you can't set up lights for that. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, he would, like, when they had, at least when they had the time to, he would, like, wait for like a cloud to pass in front of the sun just because he was interested in the way that the that like change in light would impact the scene and just yeah. finding those those things that already exist rather than and, and using them 
rather than like forcing himself upon the world and being mm-hmm. like you must be this way we will like that you know i love kubrick but that kubrick thing of every element of design must be catered exactly to my specifications is is is, is and i think that that's the reason i mean and and it's psycho and that's why yeah. kubrick is a psycho and like we and, and that's the thing is that like is that like is that like you're never right it was kind of like what i was talking about before right like how many dipshit assholes have like approached right right have decided you know i'm gonna be a filmmaker and been like i'm just gonna be like malik i'm just gonna do it because i have that same thing you know what mm-hmm. i mean and it's like no you don't you're not fucking terrence malik shut the fuck up like right. terrence malik is terrence malik terrence malik can do that i'm sure there are a few other directors that can too chances are you are not fucking one of them you know what right. i mean right and you know what you're also not kubrick all right right so shut the fuck up and just do your fucking shit all right buddy right power to you mazel tov. but anyway but 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 my point is is that like is that like is that like, is that like, it, it is, oh man, what was my point? <laughs> man, I was on such a roll. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, 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 you didn't do it, bro. No, I, fr- no, 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 because that wasn't what I was going to talk about. I was going to fucking talk about something else. I honestly was going to talk about something, but I also forgot. I believe but, you, and then I interrupted you. No, you're fine. No, 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 no. Your point was way better. But no, but, but, but I guess I just like, just like, there is something that is just, like, this is the way that this movie had to be made. Yeah. Like, this is it, and it is such a... I mean, it is such a beautiful movie. Yeah. Like, it really is. From start to finish, like, this movie made me feel things. And I am a man that has never been to war, would you believe? You know what I mean? Really? I know. Yeah, I actually used to have a pretty good joke where I would say that I was I was an Iraq war veteran, and then but then, but then I would start naming a bunch of a bunch of Arab names, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was an insurgent, which I mm. thought was a pretty funny joke at okay. the time. But I don't think it's funny anymore. You want to know why? Why is that? Matt, make your joke. Come on. Come on, buddy. You can do it. <laughs> Come on. Uh... Did you forget or are you regretting it? Do you want to know the truth? Yep. I didn't have one and I thought I would be able to get one <laughs> in five seconds. Oh my uh, god, okay. Story of your life. It really is. I don't know why I think I'm quick-witted. But no, but my point is, um, uh, no, 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 no. This is like, this is, I think, I, I, I think this is my favorite, like, anti-war movie. And I'm a man that likes war movies, right? I'm a man that's interested in war. Mm-hmm. It is an interesting thing. It is an insane thing that we do. I was saying, I was saying to someone, uh, I was saying to, I was saying to, to, to Liv, I was saying to her, I was saying like, you know what I think we should do? I think every, I think every... Every country should devote one percent of their population to being in the military, and that should. That's be... a lot. That's a lot of people. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, why? And 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 they and the, and the military and the militaries of the world should train should just do nothing but train within their own country for the sole reason of in case of alien invasion, and that should be it. That should be the entire point of the military. So you let all those people that want to go do that go do that, but not against other people, just in case we get invaded, just in case there's an independence day, so that we're ready. You know what I mean? That should be what the military is. Truly could not have expected that that was where that was going to go. Would never have been able to predict it in a million years. I'm so you, glad you said that. What do you think of that? I have no I have no notes. I have no notes. <laughs> Perfect idea. Would you join that military? No. Why? <laughs> Let Will Smith handle it. He's, he's better at it. I would join that military. I know. Well, yeah, that'd be a great... Can you imagine if that was the military? You'd probably still get screamed at. Well, yeah, I don't... Listen, buddy, listen, listen. If they want to make me come, there are easier ways. Okay, oh my God. All right, so <laughs> I think that means that we have said all there is to say 
but the thin red line, save for one little tidbit that I just want to <laughs> drop for you. There. It says nothing to do with pretty much anything we've been talking about, except it is a beautiful, unexpected thing about Terrence Malick, which is that apparently he is a massive fan of the film Zoolander, um, and Ben Stiller recorded a birthday message for him in person, or in character, as Zoolander. Really? Yes. <laughs> what? Zoolander. Just this beautiful fucking man who just, who just, who just, that's so funny. That's incredible. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. God, I mean, that's like finding out Werner Herzog's favorite movie is MacGruber. That's great. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, I thought you would like that. I did like that. What do you think Werner Herzog would say if he saw MacGruber? Uh, Why hasn't Vice done that? <laughs> Does Vice still exist? Yeah, I think so. I recently read a Vice article that was written by. Do you remember Seinfeld two thousand? Yes, I do actually. Yeah, it was it was it was Seinfeld two thousand interviewing Wayne Knight, and I literally wanted to fucking throw my phone against the goddamn wall. This dipshit motherfucker Seinfeld two thousand fucking just writing in like all lowercase and just and and like writing like as like. I don't know, trying to do like almost like like a gonzo interview of fucking Wayne Knight where he's just talking about like, she's like, yo, what it do? And it's like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. My friend is trying so hard to be a writer and you dipshit motherfucker with a goddamn Twitter, you just being like, yo, like for real though, like, like Wayne Knight, bro, like what's up? And just, I wanted to, I just, I just started imagining a tucker of chambered in 7.62 oh, full metal right, jacket that's enough okay. all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back to discuss more okay goodbye actually got to do a little bit more Malik talk. Yeah. Kyle Smith of the New York Post, I have a message for you. Okay, calm down. So basically, you're mad because a film critic complained that Terrence Malick has not been as good recently? Yes, and I'm mad not having seen any of his recent movies. They're actually, they're not as good. They're well, not as good? I have not seen all of them. Um, after The Tree of Life, he got weirdly pro prolific. Um, mm -hmm. You know, again, he used to take, like, again, between, like, six and twenty years to make a movie. Mm -hmm. And he's put out, like, I think four Hmm. This decade, hmm. and they have they've not been bad, but they're they're just they're not as good. Mm -hmm. um, it's also like they've mostly been movies <clears throat> set in the contemporary world about hmm. like ordinary or not ordinary, but like you know, but like musicians or actors, and it's just uh, with the same Terrence Malick sensibility, mm -hmm. and like no, I just. One, I feel like he kind with the Tree of Life, he kind of it seems like he said everything that he had to say. And his sensibility just doesn't work quite as well when applied to just, like, ordinary folk. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Again, not even really ordinary folk. But, but, like, like, but like, ordinary folk. Like, kind of, Hollywood types. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think, like, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like the the guys in, in in the Thin Red Line are ordinary folks, but they're in an extraordinary situation, but, right? And there's also like some historical and geographic yes. distance from them. Yes, and other things happening in like in the, in, in, in like in, in like in the New World. They're in new world you right. know what I mean? right, yeah. right yeah 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 and no and i can see i can see that tree of life they're dinosaurs exactly yes yes yeah no yeah things are happening baby yeah. and i can see they're not translating um so what so I, I just it, i get the sense one it his sensibility is a little more palatable when there's a little bit more distance you know uh-huh. when, it, when you when you have like in in his movie to the wonder you literally have like terrence malick style shots of like a sonic drive-in which is it's interesting the way that you can that he can like find beauty in that kind of mundanity but it it just it doesn't feel quite as interesting at the same time it seems like almost like a parody of terrence malick yeah yeah like it all because like some of his sensibility like his uh his aesthetic has been like borrowed by like advertising even like i remember a few years ago there was a there was like a, a levi's campaign that was very clearly like malik styled yeah um i think i know the one you're talking about yeah yeah um so and his stuff just might need a little bit more time to cook yeah you know yeah Um, like his the movie he came out with a movie either last year or the year before called a hidden life Mm -hmm. that was about like a an austrian conscientious objector during world war ii Mm-hmm. Um, that was I. I liked better than his other stuff. It still wasn't quite up to the the quality of his his first five movies, but yeah. it seemed to work a little bit better. Um, it's still it. Um, the one thing I really didn't like about it is it actually it had issues like with the cinematography, which is weird mm. for him because his movies are so good looking, and like his the external shots in it are great. Like he still films nature really well. But, like, it, it felt like the one place where the, like, the lack of blocking and only using natural light kind of hurt him a little bit. Because there were, like, some interior shots where, like, you could o- only kind of see people's faces. Because, hmm. like, you know, they're... Weird. They're, they're standing next to a window and, like, you know, they're not lit on the other side. So, like, one half of the face is totally washed out and the other half is, like, completely silhouetted. What is he, Zack Snyder? Eh, that's not exactly... I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway... Okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Those are my thoughts on current Terrence Malick. So what you're saying is, is that I should call the post office and say that there is a way to stop a package I have sent. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, don't worry. It's not a bomb or anything like that. It is simply a, it is simply a, a letter to him that says, "I gave you all the clues, Mister <laughs> Mister oh, New York Post writer." One okay, so you could have saved one th- one thing. I need to say because I've been look. I keep forgetting to bring this up at some point. One, there are many insane things about the movie The Snowman that you're <laughs> referencing, including the fact that the I believe the studio just didn't let them finish the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like this is too bad. You don't get to finish this. Just assemble something out of what you have. Mm-hmm. But also, do you know what the name of the main character, the detective in The Snowman is? No, what is it? Harry Hole. <laughs> Wait, H-U-L-L? Or H-O, or you're saying Hole. Hole. Harry Hole. Harold J. Hole. <laughs> Want to know something also really funny about The Snowman? What's that? Well, I haven't seen it. Neither have I. Yeah. But yeah, it was a meme. Yeah. Yeah, I like telling people that they could have saved someone. Yeah, and I gave, gave you all, all the clues. clues. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. What's it called? Yeah, no. Uh, also, also, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about how, like, the funniest part of this podcast is that, like, how, like, because, 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 for those of you that don't know, what, what, how this podcast came about 
was that I was walking around the place I used to live and talking with Rob on the phone and he floated this idea because our last podcast, our, our, our third podcast partner, you know, he kind of, you know, some stuff had happened and, 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 and he was kind of having a hard time, I think, like, kind of like, you know, like, like finding time to fit, you know, because it's a lot, right? right? It's a lot to try to fit in, you know what I mean? To, into no, 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 that's schedules. not what happened. What happened is... Am I giving him more credit that I, I, I think I might be trying to be nicer than... No, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not even that. You just got the, got the, the origin wrong. It's that... You early in quarantine, you you had decided that you wanted to get into art. Yes. And you were you were wa- looking at a lot of pictures of skeletons, and and <laughs> at one point I was on the phone with you while you watched the like the Lumiere brothers silent short about the like a voyage to the moon. Yes. And at at somehow came like you you were like this is weird. I want to get into art movies though. And yeah. So it's like okay, I can I can like tell you an art movie to watch and. And I was like, okay, and you said, okay, and I said, okay, go watch The Exterminating Angel. That's the one for you. And you said, okay, well, I get to assign you one then. And you gave me Freddy Got Fingered, and then you were like, this is a podcast. <laughs> is that how that happened? Yeah, that's how that happened. <laughs> I, I got it totally wrong. I thought that, I thought that, that I, no, I, I, we were not actively seeking another podcast. There's just something in you that does not allow you to not be an active podcaster. <laughs> is that true? Because yeah. literally how I thought, can I tell you how I thought that this podcast actually started? Yes. Like, and how, like, I've been telling people it started? Yeah. It started that you wanted to hang out with me during quarantine, and so since our nope. other podcast was dying, nope. you were like, you were like, you were, you were like, hey, why don't we do a film podcast? And then I was like, oh, okay, here, here, let's test it out. Let's watch this, let's watch the, 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 the one where the moon get shot in the eye together i mean it's nice how it worked out but no i was not actively seeking more podcasting time were you not no i made well that's pretty funny (laughs) but no yeah but what's it called but 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 it was so funny because i was so excited no you know what what i'm thinking of is god is it's gonna make you're burping so, so much it's gonna make it so much funnier what my actual point was what's it called what's your point well, well, no, what up, what up? I was talking about how much joy I had when we started this podcast because I was like, I'm going to turn you into a madman as I am. And how, and I was about to point out, like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but see, I've been drinking a soda because I need a little pick me up mm-hmm. because I've been so muted this entire time, right? <laughs> and so, so I need a little pick me up, right? And so, what I was doing was, is that I was, I wanted, I wanted to know if you would notice that this is how you know that you've actually won the podcast and I am now, and I am now like worried about stuff like, oh, well, you know, I want to make sure that it sounds good, right? I'm worried about stuff like that, is that I've been turning away from the mic and burping as silently as possible away from the mic. And then I just... Man, I knew that I won this a while ago. The last episode, you... You independently got excited about the presence of Werner Herzog in a movie. I did. That's yeah. how I know I won. That is, it is yeah. it is so fucking cool. Yeah. It is so cool. It's so cool. I remember I was talking to Liv and she was just like she was just like right we were kinda of talking about stuff, but she was just like and I was like and I was like talking to because we watched Snatch last night. Uh-huh. Which was God, when was the last time you saw Snatch? I was probably in middle school. Dude, you need to rewatch it. It's so good. Okay. It's so fucking good. It's so cool, but what's it called? But but no, but so, so we're watching, and I'm like, and I get where I was talking about something, and she was just like, she was just like, yeah, like I'm not like into film like as much as you are, like I'm not like like like, like not that she doesn't know anything, but then mm-hmm. she was just like, she she referred to me as being someone that is into film, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I am into yeah, film, you know of, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, no, it's crazy. What's it called? I'm gonna go to college and and get a second <laughs> bachelor's degree. That's what you should do. That's yeah. what I should do. All right. But we got to get moving. We got to talk about your film. 
the second film. Yes. The, uh, the, uh... Equally film... philosophical. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the film is Rush Hour, uh, starring, uh, Jacqueline Chan and, uh, Christine Tucker. I don't know why I'm doing this. I feel weird now. But, uh... Let's go. From yeah, yeah, 98... starring, yeah, starring my ex-wife and, uh... No, we're not, we're not making that joke. Um... <laughs> Is it, is it 1998? It is 1998. There we go. Oh, they're both from 98. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the unifying theme of the, two equally great movies. From... You, know what I, you know what I like to imagine? I, I don't know when they came out, and I don't think they came out at the same time, but I would love to imagine someone... Someone, someone did a double feature. <laughs> yeah, someone did a double feature of the two in that order. That is that is kind of the cinema of 1998 in a nutshell. It really is. Yeah, yeah that is absolutely the cinema of 1998. Anyway, roll that trailer. That's going to be a fun trailer. If you want the girl back alive, listen and do not talk. The drop will be made tonight, 11 p.m. The amount will be $50 million. $50 million? And who do you think you kidnapped, Chelsea Clinton? Detective James Carter <laughs> loved his job just a little too much. You destroyed half a city block. That block was already messed up. And you lost a lot of evidence. Still got a little bit left. But the job got a little too dangerous. You have 29 minutes left. I got everything under control. Papa. I want to speak with my daughter. Ah! I was about to get his daughter back and you screwed it up. I would like one of my people to help. Now it's time to bring in the master. Please tell me you speak English. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I don't want no partner, I don't need no partner, and I ain't gonna never have no partner. Did Kojak have a partner? Yeah, the fat guy. Did Columbo have a partner? Look, no, 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 no. You put your own bag in the back. I'm not a sky cat. Ah, bitch boy. Oh, hell no. Don't you ever touch a black man's radio, boy. Yeah. <laughs> They're two cops with nothing in common. Do it again. Like this. Except the case. Hello. You have one more chance. They can't walk away from. Agent Carter is a very passionate about finding your daughter. Damn! Get up. Get up. Go up with your hands up if you got the feeling. Jump across the ceiling. Jump around. Jump around. Which one of y'all kicked me? From New Line Cinema. Oh! The fastest hands in the East meet the biggest mouth in the West. Just received a threat on the building. We ask you please exit the building. Do not panic. Do you hear what I just said? Get the hell out of here. Come in the building. Jackie Chan. I can't hold that anymore. Just hang on, man. I'll be right back. Chris Tucker. FBI. Take a picture. It's okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Rush hour. We can hang my crib. I will show you my hood. What the hell did you just say? Welcome back from the trailer. What's it going? Do you want me to imitate what I think the trailer was like? No, I do not. <laughs> no, thank you. Although, I will say, this movie lets you know what it is right, right away, away when you hear a gong. I was about to say, I was about to say, how many gongs do you think were in that trailer? So many gongs. So many gongs. Yeah. Oh my but god. Before we get into that, I, I, I do think for this one as well, it is worth backing up and giving a little context. Mm -hmm. um, and just talk about Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. Um, because, uh, like, this was um, his real, like, American breakthrough. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but yeah, this is the first thing I 
ever remember seeing him in. Yeah. So I actually, like, one of the things that I really liked about... Well, of course, I was, like, seven when it came out. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. One of the things that I really liked about this particular assignment is that it gave me an excuse to really dig deep on Jackie Chan. Because he was a little bit of a blind spot. Really? Like, I had, you know, I had definitely, like, seen... Have you seen Drunken Master? That's actually one that I have not seen. I didn't. Really? I didn't make I, that. Didn't I? Didn't make it to that one on this. Um, hmm. But like you know, he's someone that I had seen like a movie or two of his. Um, I think the first movie I saw of his honestly was the like the like coming out of her like retirement movie he made a couple years ago, the, like The Foreigner, hmm. um, which was all right. But oh, yeah. um, and, you know, I had seen like a bunch of like YouTube compilations of like stunts and fights and stuff. But like you know, he wasn't really a guy that I had like really dug deep on like. I had, like, a Hong Kong action phase a while ago. You had a Hong Kong action phase and you missed Jackie Chan? Yeah, I mean, the, That's insane. Yeah, the... But, like, the... I watched, like, a lot of, like, Chow Yun-Fat movies. Like, okay. Like, the directors that I got into were, like, you know, Johnny Toe and Ringo Lam okay. and uh, John Woo. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah. And, like, he, he never worked with any of them. Because, yeah. you know, he mostly... He didn't exclusively direct his own movies, but he directed a lot of his Hong Kong movies. Yeah. And, like, the guys that he worked with were kind of, you know, they, they weren't any of those guys. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's kind of his own thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was cool to, like, dig dig deep on him because because he is so fucking cool. He's so cool. Like, watching, like, his Hong Kong movies are fucking phenomenal. Right! Um, right! He's, he, and, and he's, like, and he does this where, like, he is, he is so cool. He is such a good martial artist. And he's so fucking funny. And right? it, it's not just that he's a great martial artist. Yes, like, exactly. I, I think that is selling him short. And yes. The context that I want to get into is kind of exploring that because, like, his background is, you know, he's someone who, like, from a child, like, studied at, like, a Peking opera school, which yeah. is apparently, like, a type of, you know, it's like it's like a type of school where you mm-hmm. study, like, martial arts, but also, like, acrobatics yeah. and dance. And I think yeah. the dance is really key. Oh, he, th- and that's not, like, a fucking, what's it, Bruce Lee was, like, a cha-cha, was, like, the Hong Kong cha-cha champion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because, like, part of what work, what makes him so special as an action figure is um, both the way that he photo, the way that he photographs his own action sequences and the way that he structures them. Like, there's this great um, that that I think is all rooted in dance. Mm-hmm, like he mm-hmm. films his action sequences like you would film uh, dance sequences yeah. in a musical. Yeah, where, yeah. Where like you you take a a wide shot so that everything is very clear. You know, you, sh- you show a, the whole um, environment and you know all all of the physical action. You only cut when it's necessary, so there's no like break in the action. Oh, man, that's so... No, I recently... Just to interrupt you real quick, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so one of my favorite... One of my favorite... Um, um, uh, uh, I, I just say movies of all time, but... but mm-hmm. I mean, And, of course, I'm a man with, like, a hundred favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right? But but one of them is Drunken Master is, like, one of my favorites. Yeah. And, 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 and I just was having this image while you were talking of... Of, of, of one of the main uh, fight scenes from Drunken Master kind of mashed up right next to the rooftop dance number from Mary Poppins. You know right, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's it's almost the same cinematography, but here, finish yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and there's so much rhythm in the way he choreographs yes. his fights, too. Yes. You know, there's this, uh, one of the things that I watched his homework for this because I have... I do a lot of homework for this. such a glutton. There's this great, like, fairly short, like, 10-minute video essay um, about Jackie Chan by this, this feed called Every Frame of Painting, mm-hmm. where they, they, they go into, like, his his form. Um, 
as really as a director and choreographer. Um, and the thing that they highlight as the thing that makes him special uh, specifically, even like removed from like guys like Bruce Lee and other like martial arts masters, mm-hmm. is the rhythm of his scenes. And that's what he spends the most time on. And it's like, it's hard for even like other expert stuntmen and martial artists to get it mm-hmm. because it, he, he structures it so much like dance mm-hmm. where the like, you know, the, the way that each move moves into nec- the, the next move um, from almost like a musical perspective is mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that he is someone who will do like a hundred takes of like a single, like not even a, a single like, fight but even like a single stunt within that fight yes to get it like perfectly right yes um, yeah 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 and no and, and i think that really uh, uh um uh if you watch this like there are outtakes it and they show like a million outtakes in every one of the um he does that in, in all of his movies basically yes. yeah. yeah yeah and that's the thing because which is have... something that he picked up from a cannonball run because <laughs> one, one of the earlier like attempts to break into hollywood because he, he was trying to break into hollywood like intermittently from like pretty early on in his career and one of the like the early things he did was as like the Japanese like in the movie he's a Japanese driver in the cannon yeah in in Cannonball Run and he, he when he saw Cannonball Run they they showed all the, which they do in a lot of like Burt Reynolds type movies they showed all the outtakes at the end he's like I like that yeah 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 because oh. it shows how much work goes into all this exactly shit. Yeah, yeah no yeah and that's what I'm saying is that like yeah like they have a million fucking outtakes for every one of these because they shoot a million fucking times because he wants to get it absolutely perfect. Right. And you know, and, 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 it, and it works. Like, it looks like, it's one of the things that it makes it look like, I mean, like, it, it's it's one of the things where, like, you, you, you have, like, almost a hard time remembering that this is a human being doing something real in, right. like, real life. Like, it's... But, except that he makes it so clear exactly. that... Exactly. Like, um, like, again, like, having a stunt play out in a wide shot without a cut. Exactly. So you, it's clear that, like, you know, there's no trickery here. This is just a person doing an incredible thing. Yes, like yes. The, and he'll even, like, he'll do that thing where he, like, shows the same stunt multiple times from different angles. Mm-hmm. you be like, no, this is, this is fucking real, man. You're yeah. Gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna show it off a little bit. Yeah. I, I really did that shit. So yeah. you're gonna see it three times in a row. And that's the thing, and that's the thing. Not just someone did that shit. I did that. I shit. did that. Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that scene. That scene where like he like fucking like 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 like, like fucking like leapfrogs off the goddamn wall mm-hmm. to get over the wall. Like, 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 like. I remember watching it just and every. I've seen that scene like because I've seen this movie a million times and I've seen that scene a million times and every time I'm just like, what the fuck? Well, we're gonna get into this movie. I was, yes. I was talking more about his no no okay, his yeah. Hong Kong stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah um, no, 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 no. But his Hong Kong stuff too. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um. And, uh, like, the only, like, I think the best point of comparison for him is someone like Buster Keaton. Yes! Who, um, you know, is also a, a, a guy who is simultaneously a star, a director, a, and a stuntman. Mm-hmm. Like, he would, he would construct these incredibly elaborate and dangerous, like, physical gags that, mm-hmm. in, you know, involve him putting himself at great risk. Yeah. Um, all for the sake of a joke. Um, but luckily he was so drunk he had no fear. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and where there's almost as much like engineering in it as anything else. Yeah, it's like you know, I'm riding on a train, and you know, and, and um, yeah, and you have these these gags that like build on each other, where you have someone make, you know, one in momentarily logical decision after another that like builds to this absurd punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that like that kind of sensibility of just building a joke out of like these little moments that just cascade on each other yeah. is like so inherent to his sensibility. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and and that's what you see in these like Jackie Chan fights is that like <laughs> yeah is like is like is like everything kind of like leading like like. Like, like one hit, like one like kind of like micro fight with one guy leading into like another fight with another guy and how he like combines like like fights with different people into like one, right? right. Just kind of like using them against each other. Like, um, what's it called? I mean, it is, yeah, no, it is, right? That pays on this like big comedic punch. And, and that's what I was talking about, how, how like, how like just, like, you know, like Buster Keaton was just a straight comedy star, but like, but like Jackie Chan, like a lot of his movies are funny. Like Drunken Master is a funny movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, right? That is played for laughs. And like legitimately, like I remember like watching it with Odd and and you know what's it called? My, my ex had some thoughts because Audrey actually Audrey started like punching and kicking, punching and kicking and pretending to be drunk. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Sounds like it's a, it's a legitimate form of martial arts, <laughs> but like, but no, but 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 like, but like, but like, but like, I just remember, I'll never like my fucking kid, just dying laughing at this guy. Yeah, just like, just like, just being like, yeah, like kind of like a silly guy, but and like doing kung fu, like it's insane. It's, yeah. Anyway, good thing and I mean, like, um, is like, and has such a like like one of those silent movie stars has such a like strong and specific comedic persona. Exactly. That um you know, is, I think, we'll get into how it translated in a minute, uh-huh. but, um, but, like, he, there is, like, a Jackie Chan type, and he plays, like, you know, variations on that role in pretty much all of his movies. Yeah. Um, and, like, that, that type works outside of action as well. You know, like, one of the, one of the, I watched the whole, like, Police Story series mm-hmm. um, for this movie, and, like, there's... That's actually a blind spot for me. I've never uh, seen that one. Um, but, like, you know, there's, there's, like, a whole set piece in the the middle of the first police story that's just like him at the police station like he's the only guy there and he, he can't an- there are too many phones ringing he can't answer them all he's getting all the lines crossed and like he puts like as much time into like that kind of hijinks into yeah. like you know the big action stunts yeah and, like and let me guess he's kind of like actiony going back and forth and yeah, it, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah there there is like something balletic about the way he plays that too God, um, it's so good. It, is, it is the scene is the whole like the scene is kind of pitched weird in a lot of in the ways that like a lot of kind of inherently reactionary but also goofy eighties yeah. action movies are. Yeah. Like, you know, he'll be like, the the crimes that are being reported to him over the phone are a little too serious. <laughs> like, there's a moment where he picks up the phone and the woman is like, "I've been raped," and, <laughs> and he's like, "Hold on, my girlfriend is on the other line. And she's really mad at me." <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's a little weird, you know, he's, and he's, you know, if you dig in too much to Jackie Chan, the person, he's a weird guy. Hey, what are you talking about? He's great. He's a, he's a deeply reactionary man. Uh, He's great beliefs. He has great political beliefs. Yeah. That's a guy. No, he's right about, uh, listen, and this podcast agrees with everything he says. (laughs) What's it called? About, listen, 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 when the Hong Kong protests happened, I was like, too complicated. Don't understand them. But then Jackie Chan explained it to me, and I said, that's, that's okay, that's my... And that is literally, if you ask me, what is your party line? I'm like, just what Jackie Chan said. I trust that. Yeah. It's even like, his, like, his son got arrested for drugs, and he's like, he, he, he deserves whatever comes to exactly. him. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, like, was, marijuana possession. Yeah, exa- yes, that's exactly... It was actually... What, yes, it was for marijuana possession, and he literally said, I am ashamed of him. That yeah. is the... That is a quote. And, like, I think there is an aspect of him that kind of reminds me of someone like Tom Cruise. Yes. Where he's, like, he's so... Um, his, his political beliefs, I mean, seem to mostly be, like, 
uh, whatever you know, just it, squeaky clean and whatever like his like I am this squeaky clean man to like to a fault. You mm-hmm. know, he's released like some of the American movies that he's like supervised the release of of Hong Kong have like completely excised all these swearing and nudity mm. just because he's like no it's just it's supposed to be fun and that's yeah. that's bad and wrong we don't need that in the movie you know yeah. and just i support whoever will allow me to pursue my excellence exactly yeah. yes yes yeah no he's very pro china yes <laughs> he is yeah. immensely pro china which is why i love him yeah yeah <laughs> i i i listen i know what's listen i know where the butter is coming from for my bread so that's 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 <laughs> I, just, I don't think you could explain that if you tried. <laughs> I don't think... I can explain it about as well as I can explain the Hong Kong protest. <laughs> they seem to be mad about people breaking the law. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Not, no, I mean, the most recent round... Okay, we don't need to get into this. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was so about, excited. about to try and explain it to you, and I, I actually, I think I could do a pretty good job. But... Do you think you could? Yeah. What's it called? Listen, listen, what did President Xi say about it? He said a lot of similar things to Jackie Chan. Well, okay. Well, what, we're going to go against two great men? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so just just to... to how fu- I'm sorry. How funny, yeah. would it, how funny would it be if you found out just somewhere along the line that I actually am, am like somehow paid by the CCP? I think they're a, a little... They have their shit together a little too much for that. What's it called? They have a lot of money. They could pay me. Why not? Why would they? Because I went to them and I said, "Why not? You don't have anything here. You don't. Have, you, don't have anything. You, you, you think I'm not going to have anything for a third time on this podcast? Third? <laughs> yeah, I meant something for the rest. Okay. Well, aren't you glad I drank that soda? <laughs> anyway, just I, I, I think like Malk, it is worth going through his career up to this point a little bit. Yeah. Um, but so like. You know, you know who else we should, You know who else's career we should go through? Tucker. Yes. Yeah. But that's that's a briefer one. Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. That is Friday. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah. He, was in, he was in Friday, then he was in this. Yeah. yeah. He was in Friday. He said, "You got knocked the fuck out." That was it. Yeah. 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 That was him that said it in that, right? I, mean, I think several people say it in that, Probably. but he was like the first one, right? I don't remember. Yeah. That's a movie that I have never. I've, honestly, I've never made it through the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Why not? This wasn't totally for me. Really? Oh, I've seen all of the Fridays with my father. Okay. Multiple times. There you go. Right. <laughs> it's one of his favorite movies. That's your man. Your father is a fascinating man. But <laughs> it's um, it's Colonel fascinating man. Do you think? Yeah. I, I was I was on a lot of drugs when I tried watching it, so I should maybe give it another shot. Yeah, we should. You know what we should do? You should give but it another shot, and we should talk about it. I thought that was the ideal way to watch it. So yeah, yeah. listen. Why do you think that was the ideal way to watch it? Okay. Anyway, so he like you know I came out of like dance academies and like was initially like he was Bruce Lee's stuntman for a while. Oh really? Uh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bruce Lee had a stuntman. Yeah, apparently. Because I mean, Bruce Bruce Lee again is like a martial artist, but like if you need someone to like jump off a building, I don't know if it would be Bruce Lee necessarily. Yeah. Also, Bruce Lee was I think like by the end of his life was just like there's a reason Bruce Lee died at like 36 or yes. whatever the hell he died. Yeah. At. yeah. He was just he was a man that was just like completely falling apart at the seams. Yeah, he was, like, built with painkillers. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, he would do shit, like, do, like, fucking, like, finger push-ups. Which I remember someone tried to, like, defend to me one time, and I was like, shut the fuck up, why are you doing finger push-ups? Yeah. Insane. But, uh, and then, like, when he initially, like, started to get, like, starring vehicles, like, they tried to position him as, like, a Bruce Lee clone. 
like the stage name they picked for him literally meant like the little dragon mm. and like it didn't totally work because his thing is different than bruce lee yeah like, bruce lee is you know a fairly self-serious guy like he's a you know more of a traditional stoic action hero you mm-hmm. know and jackie chan is not that no and once they sort of you know once he got a little bit more creative control and you know was able to like choreograph his own fights and be, adopt more of a comic persona in, in like drunken master was, yes. like, was like kind of his breakthrough and they're like ah that's the jackie chan thing mm-hmm. and like from pretty early on he like started to like try and break into like american films um, because you know it didn't take long for him to become like not only the biggest hong kong action star in the world but like one of the most recognizable people on the planet outside of the u.s yeah like he was he was even popular in like europe you know, he, he was a big worldwide star, just not here. It's so, it's so crazy that you can become a star, like, literally everywhere in the world except for the United States. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is so funny how much we are, like, how, like, we call, like, a place like North Korea, like, the hermit nation. But, like, really in a lot of ways, like, we are the hermit nation. Yeah. Like, 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 if you haven't made it here, we have no idea who you are. Right. You know what I mean? Like, how many, like, like, like I was thinking about, like, how many Americans, like, like what percentage of Americans do you think know what, like, Alibaba is? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's probably pretty small. Right, right. Like, like for like, like, like maybe something that might even that is probably like bigger than Amazon, honestly. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's because we have our own shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, especially, yeah. especially with entertainment, like what we yeah. have is so dominant in the rest of the world as well. That mm-hmm. like, you know, we're why why would we be asking about number two, baby? Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's just like if you ask most Americans, like, it's like, do you like anything foreign? It's like, yeah, no, I love Harry Potter. And then, <laughs> right. and then that's yeah. when I start to see something in my mind. Calm down, Jesus Christ! I, I what? No, what I see in my mind is the snitch for us to catch and win the game of Quidditch. You don't necessarily win if you catch the switch. I know. It just means it's over. Isn't that such a cool thing? We can't you tell how big of a sports fan she was? That that's the god. Anyway, okay. One of the worst fake sports in the world. Anyway, continue. Okay. Yep. Give me murder ball any day. The only cool fake sport is that when it's Starship Troopers, they just play arena football. Yes, exactly. Yes, 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 exactly. That is the. <laughs> Remember Starship Troopers? Such a good movie. Such a good. Oh my god, man. Anyway, so like so, like prior to this, he made I think like two or three separate attempts to break into U.S. movies without yeah. ever any of them quite hitting. Like. Mm-hmm. I think in 1980 he made a movie called The Big Brawl where he like <laughs> Jackie Chan in the 30s fighting the mob, mm-hmm. which sounds awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but yeah, like, me neither. Yeah, what's it called? Um, there, there, I have a lot. I've seen a lot of his movies, and I also have a lot of blind spots. With he's him. made a lot of movies. Exactly. Yeah. He's made so many. Like movies. he's got like a whole like quasi Indiana Jones franchise that re- that I really want to check out. But yeah, um, no, he made two movies. He made. At least two, maybe three movies with Owen Wilson. And yeah, yeah. I, I do actually want to talk about that. Shanghai, movie. Shanghai Noon. Yeah, Shanghai Nights. Yeah, at some point I do want to. Two good movies. Movie, we're gonna to touch on it. Okay. Um, but and then like 1985, he made this movie called Protector. That really, I I, I watched like little clips of it on YouTube just because it sounded so fascinating, but like really fucking sucks. Um, because like it's, um. He was, it's a movie that he made where he f- was constantly at odds with the director because, you know, the director had no idea how to shoot. 
I mean, certainly a Jackie Chan action sequence, but seemingly action period, um, where, you know, he just cut it all to shit. And, like, you know, they, they don't really get the Jackie Chan persona. He's playing this very serious, like, self-serious, like, gun-toting, like, vengeance-seeking cop. What? It just doesn't really work. No. And, you know, um, and, like, the, the director defended himself by saying, like, look, no one in America is ever going to accept a Jackie Chan picture. Yeah. Like, if Jackie Chan wants to make it in America, he's got to make an American picture. That, which is, I mean, what a great quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, then, like, finally in, like, the 90s, like, right before Rush Hour, it makes, like, Rumble in the Bronx, which is, like, you know, isn't a Rush Hour size tip, but it's, it's, like, a decent cult hit. It, it, it is a movie I have heard of. Yeah, and it, but it's, like, directed by uh, the guy who directed, like, Super Cop, like, a, a Hong Kong guy. So it's, like, it's it's kind of, like, importing a Hong Kong sensibility to an American yeah. movie. Isn't it so crazy that Hong Kong was just owned by Britain for, like, a hundred years? That is that is something that plays an important plot point in this I know. movie. It yeah. does. It yeah. does. Yeah. And then and then finally we get Rush Hour, in which he is paired up with uh, uh, Christopher Tucker, which is such a weird pairing. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. That is that is such a sure because Chris Tucker is someone that like I mean Chris Tucker had a career like Chris Tucker Chris Tucker I believe is a stand up comedian who then go I mean well because this is back when like yeah if you're like a comedy. If you're, if, if you're a comedy, I guess this is still kind of the way that it is. If you're like a comedy actor, you basically start out either one or two ways. Either basically, you know, it's either improv or stand up, right? right? Right, right, right. So either you know you're going right in improv, including that like you know like Saturday Night Live is an improv, but like right. you know what I mean. But like sketch space, exactly. Stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's either sketch or or or, or stand up or, or stand up, right? And 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 he comes from the stand up world, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like I would say. Probably like because like once you get on one of those sketch shows, right? Like 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 your SNLs and your and your Mads TVs, right? Or whatever. Dude, that is Mads Mads TV is the uh, Scandinavian version of Mad TV starring Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson doing the Snickers commercial. Did you ever see that one? I Matt, would you believe I did not go as deep on Mad TV as you did? You folks, look up that look up that. Look at that commercial and realize, folks, look at the Mad TV Snickers commercial and realize that they showed that on Fox. All right? (laughs) I want you to look that up and realize, oh my God, they showed this on network television. What a a thing. What's it called? Just the gay gay mob boss? That's. (laughs) We we all know what Mad TV is, Matt. Mad TV. What Mad TV was was a beautiful thing that I can't believe they let die. But anyway, no, but, um,. But, but, but no, 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 so he comes in, right, and, and, and I mean, like, he's been in, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, because this is, what is it, Friday and then Fifth Element, right? But, but yeah. Was Fifth Element, what year was Fifth Element? Uh, that's like mid-90s, I think. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so that's before this, yeah. So, yeah, so he's been in, like, Friday, Fifth Element, and then, I mean, some other things here and there, but those are the probably those are, the Those are biggest, the big ones. Those are the big ones. And, like, Friday, uh, I mean, two, 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 like sizable movies that like people like like those but are cult movies cult movies yes yes exactly yes you know what i mean right um and and, and so and so it is such an interesting it, it, it is so interesting that like this was the pairing that they found you know what i mean right yeah. right you know chris tucker is not someone that's necessarily known as 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 as, as even like as even like a 
you know, is, is even like a, 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 like an action funny man. You know what I mean? Right. He is, he is just supposed to be like a funny man. You know what I mean? Right. right? It's one of the people that, that on, for instance, like, you know, your entertainments tonight, he'd be, he'd be referred to, <laughs> I don't want to fun with this, referred to as funny man Chris Tucker. You know what I mean? Right. But yes, that is, that is always, <laughs> that's what it says every time. Funny man Chris Tucker. That's absolutely right. You know, he's, 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 you know, he's not even on certain airplanes that we won't get into yet. You know what I mean, right? Um, what's it called? You know there. You know, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. fantastic. He's, he's a he's a he's an Epstein guy. He is an Epstein guy. Yeah. Which do you remember? Like when people were like, "No, it's a different Chris Tucker." Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then and then they were like, "No, it is not a different." And then those pictures came out. They're like, "It is not a different Chris yeah. Tucker. That is Chris Tucker." Yeah. Also, also apparently, like IRL, like best friends with Michael Jackson. Yes. 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 Which I mean, listen. That's that is a pair of friends to have. That is that is when you are extensively photographed with Jeffrey Epstein and Michael Jackson. Yeah. That is when you know what I don't think Rush Hour Four is being made. That is what that is. But like his he he fell off the deep end like even before that. Like, oh yeah. He after Rush Hour Three, his career is nothing. Oh yeah. Until like he pops up in Silver Linings Playbook and people are like, hey, is Chris Tucker back? Then it's pretty clearly like, nah, Chris Tucker's not back. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool that he was there for a second, but yeah. he's not back. But he's also a man that made. He oh. made a lot of money. Yeah. And I, I, I think I've heard various things about what happened. Maybe he went a little crazy. I've also heard he got like really religious. Yeah. Um, but like he just he kind of went away. Yeah. yeah. Which is and for I think Rush it was either Rush Hour two or three. He became the first black actor to get paid twenty million dollars for a movie. Yeah. Yeah, you know he's, he's he got his money. And yeah, spent spent it on the Lolita Express. And, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And gets... since then, question mark. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Who? Know, yeah. Uh, they've apparently been like as as recent as 2019. Been talking about how Rush Hour Four is in like some stage of pre production. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that it, 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 the model of Hollywood now is that if there is a franchise. Doesn't matter if it's if it's relevant. Doesn't matter if it's successful. Just if there is IP that people might recognize, someone somewhere says they are developing another entry. Yeah, it's like how I mean when we talk about the fucking League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, a movie that no one even remembers, much less enjoyed. Not true. There is still some... not true. <laughs> not true. I remember it and enjoyed it. There is still like somewhere on the Wikipedia page being like they're thinking about an all female reboot. Do you know what's so fucking funny? Yeah. I read about what they're talking about now for Rush Hour 4 because, you know, it was over and over again. Like, you know, hey, like, you know, me and Jack here are talking about it. Like, we're meeting up. We're having dinner. And, like, you know, both of them reported this. Like, this actually was a real thing. The latest shit I heard about it was that it was a female reboot of, of Rush Hour. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting, like, yeah, starting, like, new, like, young, hip ones, which I'm guessing, and there would be some sort of cameo by him and Jackie Chan. Sure. You know yeah, what I mean, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Which, which, which... That is so funny that that is now just the model. They're just like, fuck. Um, okay, everyone's gotten wise of the fact that we're just recycling everything. What if we wokeify it? You know right. what I mean? That is the that is the way for That's us to one of many avenues that are pursued. yeah yeah yeah. Which like honestly, you know what, ladies, get your bag. I don't fucking care. What's it called? I love movies, but like I I did not I, care. I love movies. I can tolerate movies with women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. No, they remade the female Ghostbusters, and I was like, you know what? Get your bag. I'm not seeing it. Hmm. I'm also, I mean, uh, 
I don't like the thought of having to see uh, the revisionist like, nah, no ladies, Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. That also sounds like it sucks. Yeah. Leave Ghostbusters alone. There was one pretty good movie. Yes. That's enough. Yes, 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 yes. There was one, there was one not horrible movie. I, I enjoyed the original Ghostbusters. I yeah. don't think it is as good as people... It's there are better Bill Murray movies. Yes, no, no, it's, not... it's pretty good. I enjoy it. Yeah, I like it. There's Dude. never been another good one. No, nope. not nope. a movie that's screaming out for a cinematic universe. No, it, which it insanely had. Well, I mean, because they made a fucking TV, they, they made a fucking cartoon show about it. Right, right. But that, I mean, that that is something they did with every show. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, like at that period of time. Like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there was like a. At one point, there was like a uh, at least I don't know if it ever came to fruition, but I know that like they were there were discussions of making like an aliens colonial marines like Saturday morning cartoon show. That actually would have been so cool. But but that is not in any way a movie for children. No, absolutely not. Every no. movie in the eighties and early nineties that made money got a Saturday morning cartoon. Yes, show. absolutely. Yeah, there's yeah. probably a like Kramer versus Kramer Saturday morning <laughs> cartoon show. <laughs> There's a War of the Roses Saturday morning yeah, cartoon exactly. show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no. Um. Um. Uh. No. But. 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 Um. What was I talking about? Uh, Rush hour. Rush hour. Yes. No. 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 So it starts in Hong Kong. No, I'm kidding. No. Um. No. It, it's. 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 I think that. I think that. I mean, like, look. I'm a pig. If they make, like, if they make another Rush Hour, I'm gonna see the Rush Hour. You know what I mean? Because this is. Because here's what I did, Rob. Right? I watched this and I said, oh man, that's so good. And then I immediately watched the second one right afterwards, back to back. And then I would have watched the third one if it wasn't midnight when I finished the second one. And I was tired the next day, but I did not regret what I had done. So here's what I'll say. I think this movie kind of sucks. What? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Go through your reasoning. Okay. So again, I've laid out why I love Jackie Chan. All right. Do I we need to go through the plot? I mean, uh, it's it's a buddy cop movie. It's got, a buddy cop you, movie. You got you got Chris Tucker. You got Jackie Chan. East he's, meets West. He's a cop from Hong Kong. He's a cop from L.A. They're trying to find him, the consul's kidnapped daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie Chan because like he has like a personal like like he's like, got a personal connection to the girl. Yeah. Chris Tucker's the like the dipshit cop who gets like assigned to babysit him basically. Yeah, but, but he wants would, to be in the FBI and wants to like build his career. Yeah, but the FBI has no interest in him. Yeah. Wouldn't you know? They end up cracking the case. Turns out it was Tom Wilkinson all along. Exactly. Which yeah. just brief brief. <laughs> oh, Eddie, oh. Yeah. No, I was I was thinking we have Tom Wilkinson, legitimately an actor that I love. He showed up in three movies so far. They have all been yours. He is a fantastic actor who is perfectly happy to take your money and show up and talk about how the president has initiated ghost protocol. That is absolutely correct. That is so funny that he showed up only in my movies. And those movies were, just to recap real quick, what were they? They were were Black Knight. The Green Hornet. The Green Hornet. And then, then, yes, that is, and then Rush And in all of those movies, the president initiated ghost protocol. That's right, that's right. And how many movies of those did he, he died in two of those, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he died in two of those. He dies in the Green Hornet, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Natural dies in. Oh yeah, no, dies in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, that's so cool. Yeah, but every time I see him, it's just like, 
I want to watch Michael Clayton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to watch Michael Clayton. Yeah. What's He's about? so fucking good in Michael Clayton. Michael yeah. Clayton is my fucking movie, man. That movie rules. Then you should assign Michael Clayton. I might inst- at some point. But instead, I just have to keep assigning you movies with Tom <laughs> Wilkins. I'm just going to start looking at his filmography and be like, what? What is he doing in there? I'm going to assign that. He's right. initiating Ghost Protocol. He's initiating Ghost Protocol. God damn it. Man, I, I love that movie, but I, I it's, again, just insane that... Tom Wilkins shows up for one scene just to utter the line, the president has initiated ghost protocol. <laughs> it's an insane line for an actor of Tom Wilkinson's caliber to deliver. It's, 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 it's so, you know what? I don't believe you that he is an, he is an, he's, he's an actor of that caliber because from what I know of Tom Wilkinson, he is, he is, he is there, he is there to steal Art from the Chinese? I don't know. Because he's mad that the Chinese took Hong Kong back or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. It should always be a part of the Empire. Yeah, but... The Pearl and Queen Beth's crown. Exactly, yeah. It is 1999. Yeah. It's, it, come on. You, <laughs> yeah. got, you, you guys barely barely are holding on to Northern Ireland at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, what are you dogging about? Yeah. The sun has set, my friends. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. But, okay, so why I don't like this movie. Okay. So I laid out everything that I like about Jackie Chan. Yeah. I think this movie works really hard to undermine almost all of that. Really? So the action is, I think for the most part, like adequately choreographed. You know, like some of it is better than others, but like there are moments where like, yeah, that's that's Jackie Chan doing his Jackie Chan thing. Yeah. But like the way that they, they film it goes against all of the principles that were so important to it working. Like there's... Just, uh, like, as a, 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 as sort of a, an indicator. There's, like, w- one of the first stunts he does is just, you know, him jumping from one truck to another. You know, it's it's a pretty, you know, anodyne stunt as far as, like, Jackie Chan stunts go when he's, like, a man who will, like, run down the side of a skyscraper. Yeah. You know? Like, jumping from a truck to another truck, pretty simple. <laughs> the way that Jackie Chan would film that is you just, you take a shot, you watch him jump from one truck to the other truck. You're like, hey, look, Jackie Chan just... Jump from moving truck to moving truck. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This movie, like, and, and I think this is a problem that exists throughout it. I'm just highlighting it because it's so obvious here. There's one shot of him taking the jump, then it cuts to a second shot of him landing. Hmm. Which, like, makes it less impressive. Like, it... We all know Jackie Chan can make that jump. Why do you cut? It makes hmm. it look like you had to, like, have a stunt guy fill in, or he couldn't do it. Like, it robs it of its power. You know, the thing that makes it impressive is seeing the whole act play out in its entire context. You know, it is less powerful if it's interrupted, you know? Um, And that's, you know, that's something that they do in all of this. Like, all of the action scenes are cut to shit. You know, in a lot of the fight scenes, you, like, it's cut in a way that disrupts the rhythm. And, like, um, in a way that isn't as coherent. Like, the thing that, that is so important to the way he photographs his scenes is you see the whole scene. Um, and, like, in this, there's a lot of, like, random close-ups, you know, it, like, there's a thing in a lot of, like, American action movies where they're working with actors who aren't really stuntmen, who can't do their own choreography, is they have the camera do a lot of the work for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll cut or move the camera in a way that, like, emphasizes the action in a way that the actor can't, and they're filming this the same way. Like, you don't need to film Jackie Chan like that. You don't need to film Jackie Chan like he's Matt Damon. Yeah. You know, let him be Jackie Chan. He's Fred fucking Astaire. Just point the camera at him and let him do his thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I don't think they get his persona either. Like, why is he the straight man in this movie? Yeah. That's not his job. Yeah. Like, he's, um, he's so just kind of buttoned down and serious for most of it. Like, there are a few moments where, like, his persona flashes through, but for the most part, like, the, the real, 
problem is he's high status. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't always recognize that he's high status, but, like, he's an important man. And, like, sometimes people need to catch up to that, but, like, he's an important, serious figure. And, like, that's not Jackie Chan. He's, like, he's the underdog. Yeah. You know? He's low status. Yeah. And, like, the reason that I wanted to talk about Shanghai Noon is because of the American movies of, of his that I've seen, it's the one that gets that. Yes. Like, he's constantly having to prove himself. Yes. You know, that's that's Jackie Chan. He's someone yes. who people don't believe in, and then it's like, holy shit, look what he just did. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Shanghai Noon is all about them saying, is all about them being like, is all about them being like, 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 you stupid Chinaman, like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean, yeah. right? Because, yeah, because it's cut through with just, like, yeah, the but incredible even, racism of the Old West. But even not in terms of, like, how other characters think of him, he, like, one of the things that they point out in this video essay is that he starts every fight at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Like, he all, and, like, he fucks up a lot in his fights. Like, he, oh, gets, yeah. he gets hit a lot, yeah. he screws up, there's a lot of him, like, tripping and falling and, like, almost mm. losing... Like he's he's kind yeah. of a fool. Like drunken master is such perfect, a, yeah. Because he's like he's someone who's almost succeeding in spite of himself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's not a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, he is. Yes. But that's not his persona. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and I think that it's tough. He's someone that like when he like when he executes something badass, he, the way he plays it is almost as if he mm. has surprised himself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? And, and 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 I think why that why 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 I because so 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 from watching them back to back, right? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Where 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 I I think that they I think that they correct a lot of that in the second one. Okay. Yeah. I have. This is the only one of them I've seen. Yeah. 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 And that's it did thing. not make me want to watch anymore. But I mean, it made me want to watch more because I've seen all three of them and I love all three of them and I think that this is a good movie. And I think that this is. Like, there is a reason why this was the movie that, like, I think that this movie is a is a serviceable enough introduction to Jackie Chan, right? Mm-hmm. To an American film audience, right? And I think that I think that the proof is in the pudding because that is literally what it did. This right. introduced an American film audience to Jackie Chan, and they said, "We want more," and it paved the way for everything else he's done in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think that that's right, right. And so, and so, I think that I think that you have to. With that in mind, right, 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 like yes, I think it is the weakest of the Rush Hour movies, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think there are some, you know, kind of good scenes, right? I think that there are, yeah, and I think they're right. Like sometimes it does come through that yes, he's a buffoon, and that's why we love him, right? Yeah, right. And he does the thing, right? Well, who get hit me like oh, you know what I mean, right? Right, right? or like you know, we're punch something and then like oh, oh my hand, right? Yeah. And it's like and it's funny, right? And I think that they do correct a lot of that in the second one, and I haven't seen the third one in a while. I'm I'm gonna rewatch it sometime this week because. Fucking yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch with my kids, too. There that's you it. go. Yeah, because I'm a good father. But anyway, <laughs> what's it called? Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. I'm divorced now. I'm taking the gloves off. Showing them the real shit. Anyway, yeah. important film. I'm going to show them... The, actually, you know what I should do? I should show my kids the turn horse and see what they do. <laughs> that's what I should do. I should do that. I should do that as a punishment. What's it called? Yeah, I don't think they would enjoy it. No, they'd be so... They'd be so mad. Oh, my God. I might actually do that this week. They would be so. They would just get bored almost immediately and begin enter- entertaining themselves otherwise. Because yeah. kids are good at that. One of my favorite things. One of my favorite things to do to my children is to tell them that I'm gonna that that, that I'm, I'm like all right, we're gonna watch some TV, and then they get really excited, and then I start, and then I start just silently going to the nature documentaries, and then they just start losing their minds. Dude, nature documentaries are cool. Then, well, then, you then, look at some elephants. 
You that, you should be so grateful to see an elephant. That's the funniest thing about it is that I'm like, you fucking kids fucking love this shit when we yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like shut up. Don't pretend like you don't love this shit. Yeah. I just remember I remember my fucking my my I mean, just Josephine just in tears because I was showing them fucking like bears or something like that. Yeah. I was like, you would you fuck you should be so lucky. Yeah. You don't know, you barely know what a commercial is. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, now we're going to watch a Grizzly Man. Exactly, yes, exactly, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Don't show your children Grizzly Man. Okay, fine. God. When they're older. What's it called? Do you see the pictures of the guy? No. Have you seen the pictures of the guy? No, I don't want to. Yeah, it's bad. Mm. Point is... Be careful around grizzly bears, folks. Anyway, no, but so, but so, but so, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, and I hear what you're saying. Like, I think that this is by far, I'd say, probably one of his weaker. Like, I mean, I mean, excluding like you know, I don't know, the tuxedo, which is also a movie. yes, that is also a movie. Although I will say, apparently, these are Jackie Chan's least favorite movies. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think the quote he's like, every movie I try and have a reason to do. These movies, I had a paycheck. Yes. Yeah. What, 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 which ones? Um, the Rush uh, Hour movies. The Rush Hour movies? Yeah. yeah. Like, these are pure paycheck movies. I don't really like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, like, he, he just, he, he is someone who is pretty uh, dismissive, generally, of American movies. Mm-hmm. And specifically American action movies. He's like, they don't know what they're doing. They don't yeah. do it right. You know? Yeah. Um, they don't, for one thing, they, they don't know how to shoot it. And they, they're not willing to put in the time necessary to get it right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, they're mm-hmm. so constrained to budgets and timelines that they, yes. you know, they're not willing to put in the time and effort necessary to, to get it right. And, like, you know, like, the, the police story movies are, like, which were made, like, in direct response to The Protector, like, the, the American cop movie that was so bad. He's like, this is, no, this is how you do it. Um, but, like, they are... I was about to say small scale, and that is wrong, because there is, like, a scene of him just demolishing an entire village in his Jeep, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. But, like, you know, it is clear that, like, these are movies that, like, you know, they they know where to spend their time and money. Like, you know, they, they are small in some places so that they can spend time in other places to get it right, you know? Yeah. No, no and I was thinking about, like, we watched... Um, uh, this is like a few weeks ago now. I think this is like two weeks ago. But remember, we started watching Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. Remember, right? And there's that, uh, and there's that opening scene of Tropic Thunder, where they're, where they're, you know, like, where they're like basically, basically recreating fucking Platoon. Right. You know what I mean, right? And like, and, and it's it, Tropic Thunder. I think is like an incredible movie because it is, it is, it is, it is in and of itself both like it is a, is a comedy and action movie and like a parody, right? Kind of all in one, right? But 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 they had that big first scene where like. Well, yeah, they basically, like, blow up a jungle, mm-hmm. right? And, like, fuck it up, right? And, like, and, like, and, like, and, like, and, like, the whole thing of, like, oh, they're already, like, so many tens of millions of dollars behind and so many, right? And that's the thing. is that, like, that that's an American action movie. An American action movie is blowing up the jungle, you know what I mean? Right. Versus, like, versus, like, yeah, you Spectacle know. Spectacle versus precision. Exactly, right? Yeah. Right, right? And I think that that is, you know, right, right? And, and I think that that is, like, one of the things, like, that I think, like, Jackie Chan does really well. Like, he makes... I'm a man that loves action movies, and I have loved pretty much every Jackie Chan movie I've seen. I will say, The Tuxedo is not his best work. Yeah, but I mean, like, just building off that point, like, there is a a fight scene in 
police story that is just set on a playground. Yeah. It's just a playground. Yeah. And it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen because the choreography and the stunts and, and everything is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, that's, it's, that's all you need when you're willing to put in the time yes. and expertise to get it right. Yes, yeah. exactly, right? Yeah, and you don't need to just, like, you know, blow up paradise just to right. be like, just to be like, just to be like, isn't that that cool shit? You yeah. know what I mean, right? right, right. But then at the same time, what I will also, I will, I will, I will hear his critique of American film cinema, and I'll raise him uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger kicking down a hut and saying, knock, knock, and then blowing a man away. No, I'm not saying I don't like spectacle. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you don't. I'm saying, Jackie, have you seen that? (laughs) Jackie, I know you're listening. So I also also do want to talk about Chris Tucker, though. Um, Because I am... Again, I, he's not someone that I am super well versed in. Like basically, I've seen this and part of Friday. It's hard to be well versed, right? There's not a lot there, and yeah. you know, he's I, I liked him a lot in Silver Linings Playbook, which is not a movie I love, but like I remember enjoying him in that. It's, yeah, I, I haven't seen it since it came out. I didn't watch it. I heard it's about feelings. Didn't feel like it. <laughs> but um, so one, so this is like kind of my first like re-exposure to him, and like just the impression that I got the whole way through. This is like this is some real like bargain basement Eddie Murphy impression yes. stuff. And like I, I, I had to go. I like went back and rewatched Beverly Hills Cop, just sort of like figure out exactly what my feelings were. And there's like a, there is a scene at the beginning of Beverly. I think it, I think it is the first scene of Beverly Hills Cop where Eddie Murphy is undercover trying to like you know sell some uh, untaxed cigarettes to a couple of mob guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he's you know he's trying to convince them he's not a cop, and he's doing this like fast talking smiling too big like um you know uh caricature um and like the joke is like i am playing a part that they expect me to play Mm -hmm. um i'm you know i am a parody of their expectations yeah um and like you know his character in the rest of the movie axel foley is completely different than that you know a lot of like he is someone who's you know spends a lot of time making fun of people and playing to their expectations but like he is, there is, like, a, you know, fairly serious center to the character. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, but, like, the thing is, like, he is often playing with people, but he's always in on the joke. He's always, the joke is always on other people. Yeah. You know, and when he's doing that caricature stuff, it is, again, a joke about other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. This, Chris Tucker's performance <laughs> in this feels like <coughs> Eddie Murphy's, perf- like, caricature in that first scene made into a whole performance yeah absolutely. where he's not in on the joke he is the joke yes yeah 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 where he is where he is not where he is not because like i i, I like like jackie chan is a clown right jackie yeah. chan is a clown insofar as like and i don't mean that in like a disrespectful it, way i mean in a way of like like clowns go to school man you yeah. know what i mean like, he's a physical performer exactly yeah. right 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 versus Versus Chris Tucker is a lot like me, where it's just like, I mean, I know who I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, just like, hey, look at me. What's it going? I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to say a thing. All right, there we go. Let's go home. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that, honestly, where I think what was the most shocking to me about this, right, what's it called? It was in watching in watching the um, outtakes at the end, right? Mm-hmm. right? Because then I think you see like a much more, you actually see what their chemistry actually is like. Right, mm-hmm. like 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 Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, and they definitely have like a chemistry of yeah. sorts, but like but like, it, it it's 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 not what you think, right? They're right. not, they're not actually like as close. They're not actually as like 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 they are they are, like like I don't know. Like I kind of got this sense from them that like that like that like Jackie Chan's is, or, or 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 that Chris Tucker's is kind of like. 
man, whatever, I'm just doing this fucking movie, you know what I mean, right? right. right? And then Jackie Chan is just kind of like, this is what I have to do in order to make it into America. You know what right. I mean? Like, he knows what he knows what he's doing here, right? And, right. Like, and, and like, I'm not saying that they don't like or respect each other, but I'm saying, like, 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 like they aren't actually, like, they aren't, like, best friends, you know what I mean, yeah. right? Like, they're just two guys playing a role, you know what I mean? Right. They aren't, like, actual buddies, right? Which is, like, of course they're not. They're actors, but, right. like... But, 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 but you'd think that there would be at least some sort of, like, actual chemistry there. You know right. what I mean, right? You know what I mean, right? And, 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 no, it's all just fake. And, and, and I was like, that, that actually informs a lot of this, I think. Yeah. In, in so far as, like, it's not, but I will say, I think it is, I, th- I, I just, I, to me personally, is one of my more favorite buddy cop movies, right? And I think that it does a, a, so how would you compare this to maybe, I don't know, Red Heat? I mean, it's better than Red Heat. You think it's better than Red Heat? Yes, I. There are, there, uh, there are aspects of this movie that I kind of enjoyed. I don't know that there were many of Red Heat. What? What? What didn't you enjoy about Red Heat? <laughs> I mean, who did you enjoy more? Did you enjoy Jim Belushi in Red Heat, or Tom Arnold in True Lies? Now that that is a real double bargain there. <laughs> That's right. But, um. I have no answer for you. I would need to. I would need to spend months meditating on that, like <laughs> a, at, a, at a monastery atop the Himalayas. Yeah. You know what I think? I think the answer has to be Tom Arnold, and let me tell you why. Because Tom Arnold's at least honest about who he is. I would agree with that. Right, yeah. right. Versus like Jim Belushi's like, "Whoa, what are you doing? This is Chicago. We're the Chicago Police Department. These people have rights." Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, a police department that literally, folks, in case you didn't know, literally had black sites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, insane to think about. But anyway, no. But I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like that's the thing. How much? Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just. Gonna, I also think that just the, like the plotting is a little lackadaisical. Like you know, I remember like checking the time and it was like an hour and I was like, wow, there is like no tension or momentum. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like the thing that I was reminded of was you know there's that that monologue in Knives Out. Yeah. Where um, uh, Daniel Craig is talking about gravity's rainbow, mm-hmm. but you know, I just. I know where this is going to end, so I just wait for myself to show up there. And once I arrive there, everything just falls into place. And, you know, it's it's a character talking kind of about how bored he is with his own movie. And, you know, the kind of the arc of the movie is like Daniel Craig getting interested in the movie. And like, oh, there are some interesting things happening here. I'm, I'm excited to be a detective again. Mm-hmm. But, like, this this whole movie just kind of felt like like gravity's rainbow. Actually, just, actually, hold on. Can I stop you real quick? Yeah. What's about... Actually, Daniel Craig said, Well, I say, I say, I'm excited to be a detective again, I do declare. Okay, why don't you hack, hire an accent coach, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I let me be an accent coach. But, but, like, you know, just an hour in, and there's, like, you know, they're looking for a, a missing child, and they're just they're just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Like, there's not, there's, this movie needed, like, a ticking clock or something. Because mm-hmm. it's, there's, like, there's no real urgency to anything that's happening. It's just, like, We'll get to the end eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like, don't worry. Listen, 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 listen. You you think for a moment that kid's gonna blow up? Yeah. Sh- like, come yeah. on. Yeah. They literally, they literally. He's. And I I don't mean you need to convince me the child is going to die. Of course. I know it's not. I mean, <clears throat> I would like the characters to seemingly be believe that any of this matters, and you know they don't really seem to, and. You know, there's no real momentum to the plot. Yeah. You know, it's just some things happen and eventually you get to the end. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean like I mean like I remember being like I remember being like I mean I mean like they literally have like Jackie Chan like hanging from like a goddamn 
like 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 thing at the very end, right? Like like just like literally about to like fall to his death, right? 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 And they try to play it up for like, oh my god, like what are they gonna do? And it's like, Jackie Chan's not about to die. Shut the fuck up. Right. No, he's not. Even though it's like I remember watching it this time and I was just like, oh, there literally isn't time to go up and get him. Like yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like like. Like, 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 but also, I was like, I'm just gonna say, the scene where the little girl is yelling at them to push the goddamn button and blow them all up. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like, there are some gems here, and I think that it's fine. It, it's it's it is a movie that I think like if you have not seen the Rush Hour series, I think it is worth it for you to invest the time to watch the Rush Hour series. Yeah, we're always telling people what to do. Let them make their own goddamn decision, man. I know because this is a dictatorship, and I am Stalin. And that I'm right yeah. and good. Brett Ratner has never made a good movie. That's all I have to say. What's it called? Well, you know what? Uh, listen, it's impressive that he got canceled before that was a thing. I was about to, like, I was about to say. I was like about he was, to say. He was like one of the first. Like got Me Too before Me Too was a thing. I know. Yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say. Listen, I will always defend Brett Ratner uh, as a joke. That was a joke. I will not defend Brett. Which Ratner. just, which just goes to show, like. No one was willing to go to bat for this man. No, like, absolutely. There was not. no value added to Brett Ratner. Like, no. Yeah, you can you can go. You can no, take him. That's no, fine. Absolutely destroy him. That's fine. No. Which is also funny because they kind of also did that to Bill Cosby, too, right? Don't you feel like everyone just kind of? Or you think was it just the preponderance of evidence? Yeah. Well, also, also, also. I mean, he'd been that had been like an industry, like well, like kind of open secret, open secret for like decades. Yeah. But also, but yeah, no, but um. But no, but um, but uh, what was I gonna say? No, um, uh, Brett Ratner, uh, bad man. Uh, what's it yep. called? Uh, but also, oh, just real quick, how how racist would you say this movie is? I mean, again, it's a movie that uh, opens with a gong and just yeah. kind of accelerates from there. Yeah, there's a lot of like, uh, um, Chris Tucker calling Jackie Chan like Raceroni and yes. roll and you yes. know, it's uh, let's say it's not light on it. No, um, no, it is absolutely, it, 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 it is, it is, I wouldn't say that this is like a racist movie, I would say that this is a movie that could not, and maybe should not be made today, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, no, but I really liked it. There you go. What's it called? Rush Hour, oh, sorry. Rush Hour, it's, right, what's the problem here? Oh, no problem, it's just Rush Hour. Blam, kill him. Great scene. Uh, yeah, the, one of the henchmen in this movie is played by Ken Long, who's an actor I like. Is that who that is? Yeah. He looks so cool. Yeah. What's it called? That's a cool look if you're Asian. Bleach your hair. That's, that's a cool look. It's a cool look for a lot of people. What's it called? No, you said I shouldn't do that. You should not. No, it would not be a cool look for you. Why not? Because you're not an assassin. What's it called? How cool would that be? What do you think, what do you think the law office I work at would say if I showed up with bleached hair? Goodbye. (laughs) <laughs> that's it. How fun! That'd be the funniest way to quit, though. <laughs> yeah. That's a go. No, my God. What All are right. you looking up? What? No, I'm adding to my list of movies I've seen. Okay, you're letterboxing it right now. I'm not letterboxing it. I forget I have a letterbox constantly. All right. So do we do we have anything more to say about Rush Hour? Yeah, go see it. Listen to me. Don't make your own decisions. See the see 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 see. Watch watch. The, the, section off five hours of your fucking life. What's it called? You're not doing anything. It's actually not five hours of your life, and then watch goddamn watch 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 the Tin Man's line, and then immediately watch Rush Hour, and be transported back to a very weird vision of 1998. Exactly. Which I honestly say, you you said it, man. That is night. That is, if you watch those two movies, you know you know 1998. 
I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you said. All right. So I have watched. I guess we're we're jumping into what what have we been watching? I think we're both very tired. Right yeah, now. we're gonna. This is gonna be quick. But watched a lot of bad movies. Um, Did seen you? some good movies too. I'm just gonna highlight some of the bad ones. Go ahead. Uh, Cherry. Cherry sucks. Um, really? Yeah, Cherry is ass. Um, is it actually? I heard good things. Whoever told you that is lying to you. Oh, um, actually? Yeah, so it's the, it's the, it's based on a, I guess like a semi-autobiographical novel by some dude who was an Iraq war vet and then a bank robber and a heroin addict and I don't know, it's very, it's very, very gritty and tortured, but it's, it's directed by, by the Russo brothers who made Endgame and a bunch of other Marvel movies and, um... Seem to have kind of, uh, you know, like, again, like, started off directing, like, sitcoms. Like, they directed the Arrested Development pilot and, like, you know, um, and a bunch of episodes of Community. And, like, got hired on the on the, on the the Marvel team, like, seemingly on the basis of that. Because, like, Marvel... Oh, yeah, those guys. Yeah, they directed Endgame, which we talked about. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, Marvel mostly hires, like, smaller-time directors... Because, you know, they don't, the directors aren't directing any of the spectacle. Like, all of the, like, the C, all of the action sequences are handled entirely in-house by, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're all, like, pre-viz CGI that is done before, like, anyone is even brought on to work on the movie most yeah. of the time. Um, so the directors are really only handling, like, the dialogue and character scenes. So they mostly look for, like, you know, kind of sitcom people or indie people who are, you know, again, they can get for a lower quote than hiring, like, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, going, plus they want that dialogue anyway. And are going, like, they're, they're, they can handle that kind of, like, talky stuff and inject some comic energy into it, and also aren't going to demand control. You know, yes. they're, they're cheaper, they're easier to control, but they can do the, the talky stuff. Dude, can you imagine if Terrence Malick made Endgame? Uh, I can't, literally. Um, but, but like, you know, th- so there are a couple... Sometimes I just say stuff. Yes, I know. Um, we were moving past it for that reason. <laughs> um, but... Like because they have now directed the highest grossing movie of all time. Although I think I heard Avatar on the on the yeah the, the strength of like drive-ins has yeah has surpassed it again. So. No 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 even better no it got re-released in China. Oh there you go yeah. it got re-released in China once again the Chinese <laughs> President Xi. Yeah this is why this is a pro Chinese podcast. Anyway directing I guess now the second highest grossing movie That's of all right. time. Bitch ass kind of bought their own hype in terms of being like serious auteurs. Uh huh. Um, and so Cherry is basically the guys who directed Endgame trying to make a Safdie Brothers movie, and it, it just does not work. Yeah. They don't have the sensibility right at all. It's way too aggro and too convinced of its own, like, seriousness and, and grit, and, and they cast Tom Holland as the guy who's just not the right casting. Like, I like Tom Holland a lot. I think he's, uh, I mean... It's weird that this is a statement that you can make, just that there are this many, but, like, he's the best Spider-Man I've ever seen. Like, it's weird that you could, you could rank them. There shouldn't be that many fucking Spider-Men. But, like, I, pref- I prefer That's the... so to- true. I prefer the Tobey Maguire movies, but he's a better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire, yeah. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, 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 because he's a literal child. Yeah. He looks like a child. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I actually listened to a podcast with an interview by, uh, uh, with the guy, uh, 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 Nico Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, the actual cherry guy. Yeah, and he said he said that he said he said like yeah no no I think I think he did a good job. I've never spoken to him, <laughs> <laughs> but they, like 
the the like initial sort of pitch for the character is he's a guy who like joins the army because he's trying to be tougher than he feels. Mm-hmm. And like I could see Tom Holland doing that. It just it somehow still doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, nothing in the movie really works. Um, it is the kind of movie where like to show how distraught. Uh, Tom Holland is over like his girlfriend overdosing. He stabs himself with a heroin needle a bunch of times. It's just it's so overpitched and just. Wow, that sounds really fucking miserable. No, that's it's a, a fucking that miserable really cool. movie. Yeah, that sounds really cool, dude. That sounds like dude. That sounds like edgy, man. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds yeah. like the, the one edgy guy. It sucks. Um, watch Green Book. Green Book also kind of sucks. Although I will say I enjoyed Green Book a lot more than. Cherry, because Cherry's just a miserable experience all the way through. Yeah. Green Book at least has Vigo Mortensen playing a literal plate of uh, spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> um, it's not a subtle performance, but him just him just constantly going, "Oh, oh, hey, I'm eating here." Like this, it, manja. It's he's the kind of character who like eat like folds up an entire pizza to eat it. <laughs> It's so silly. It's so dumb. This movie won Best Picture. He <laughs> becomes friends with a black man because they're friends. Like, racism is solved. Yeah, exactly. Like, cops start treating them better. That's like, not true. That's true. Like, they, there are two scenes where they get pulled over. One earlier in the movie, and it's, like, it's very threatening and, like, yeah. scary. And, like, yeah. you know, you don't know what's going to happen with the cops. They get arrested. <laughs> Their first arrest is solved because the, the uh, um, Herschel <laughs> Ali, who plays, you know, the... Um, the, yeah, the yeah, musician yeah. character that yeah. was you know who's black you know it's one of those like driving Miss Daisy stories was like you know a black guy and a white guy become friends and yeah Hershey Ali she's the ex-Muslim right Mahershala Ali oh, okay um, Oscar won two times over great actor yeah um, yeah but like he's a musician who's like fr- like has performed at the White House so like when he gets arrested he has Bobby Kennedy call and like cancel the arrest which is just such a it's one of the stupid <laughs> the solution to police violence is to be friends with the president <laughs> <laughs> to be friends to be friends with the president's brother who's also the the, the fucking what is he attorney, the attorney general, general? Yeah. yeah yeah but like and then once once he and Viggo Mortensen have become friends the next time they get pulled over the like again it's not literal it's just you know it's one of those things where the moment their relationship is solved the whole world seems to be solved like it doesn't draw as simple lines like hey literally you guys are friends you guys are all cool with me yeah. now it's just Every, every the whole tone of the movie shifts. Yeah. The next cop they see is like, "Hey, you got a flat tire? Can I help you?" Mm-hmm. You know, and you know they go, they bring him home for. <laughs> the next cop is also an Italian guy. <laughs> Basically, yeah, but um, like he he brings Mahershala Ali back to like um Christmas dinner with his family, who have all been characterized as, like virulent racists. But Vigo Morris is like, "Hey, this guy's okay with me." Like, "Hey, welcome to Christmas. You're my friend now." Hey, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. it's, it's now you, you know you know what I think of when I think of what I think of one of the most one of the most accepting of other cultures. Nineteen sixties Bronx Italians. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Definitely not thinking about all the stories my grandfather had of of, of growing up across the street from a Catholic school in, yeah. in the forties and fifties. Yes. Yeah. Definitely not thinking about all the things the Italians said to him then. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Trial of Chicago 7 also sucks. Again, like... Why do you watch these movies? I don't know. I I decided recently that I want to watch all of the Best Picture winners, and um, and I've I've been going back through (laughs) some of them, and... (laughs) Wait, Trial of the Chicago...
Hancock was that one best picture? No, 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 I also decided that I wanted to see all the movies that are nominated for it. And it was nominated this year. Why do you do this? I'm insane. I have problems. <laughs> I'm just, mentally deficient. This is the other this is the other arc of this podcast, is that is that you think that I'm the crazy one the whole time. Just to come to find out, I'm actually don't call yourself regular. <laughs> I'm Mr. Regular, even. <laughs> oh. But, like, it's kind of like Ring Book. It is a movie that is superficially entertaining in places. Like, Aaron Sorkin, for all of his problems, is an entertaining writer. Yeah. And, like, good writer. you know, some of the, like, the performances are generally pretty fun. Some of them are super caricature But, like, you know, Jeremy Strong, who's an actor that I like on Succession, but has everything else I have seen him on, he's not been great. He plays the rules in Serenity. Um,. Oh my god! Yeah, like he's Succession. He's fantastic, great performance, but he's bad in Serenity. He's bad in this. He's just is Succession the one where Paul Giamatti's like a piss pig. No, that is uh, that's Billions. Billions, yeah, okay. which is also kind of a dumb but kind of fun show. Right. If you have Paul Giamatti playing a piss pig, yeah, I'll show up. For just that. Paul, G- it's just Paul Giamatti playing Paul Giamatti. <laughs> that's a little bit. Yeah, right. I don't watch TV because I only watch film now. But again, it is it is a movie that is superficially entertaining. That like, at the at the end, like its its idea of, like the way that it pays out is just so stupid and trite. Like it is like Green Book. It is a movie that is trying to say something and has nothing to say. And it's just what like, what's trying to say something? Trial of the Chicago Seven. What the fuck is it trying to say? That was fucking like fifty years ago. No, but it's about Trump, buddy. Oh um, my god! And it, it is a movie. It's a oh the. It has the worst kind of Sorkin ending where, you know, they have, they've been put on trial for, for free speech. And it's, it's also just weird having, like, the most, like, centrist liberal, like, yeah. ri- writing a movie about, about leftists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, like, Abby Hoffman and, like, fucking yeah. Bobby Seale. Like, it just, it, everything feels a little off in yeah. that. But, like, he's, he's mostly, like, he seems to be genuinely trying. Like, he seems to li- like these people. He just doesn't seem to totally get them. Yeah. Like, most specifically, the end is, you know, the, the thing that it builds to is, like, they've been convicted for exercising their rights and standing up against, uh, not, not, not Trump, definitely Nixon. Definitely mm-hmm. Nixon. Yeah, Trump definitely Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. 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 Nixon with tiny hands. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. they've, they've been convicted and they're at their sentencing and it all comes down to, like, you know, they're, they're talking to Eddie Eddie Redmayne, who plays, uh, fuck, what, Tom Hayden, which is, again, kind of, it's weird casting that, you know, more or less works. Like, he, he gives a good performance, despite the fact that at no point does he sound like a human. Yeah. Like, it's just, again, like, he's trying too hard to do an American accent, and it doesn't sound quite right. Listen, um, I don't even have to say anything, do I? I'm sure he had an accent, Coach. He sounds Coach. It just doesn't quite sound right. Like, um, I don't know why you can't just have an American play. That that is a very reasonable question. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Like like, like 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 I'm not listen, and, and everyone knows I'm not some sort of insane nationalist. But like at a certain point, like I think like I think every actor should have a clause. And listen, I'm also a labor guy. But let me tell you something. I think every actor should have a clause where 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 if you're playing a foreigner, right? They should be able to just be like, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. We're pulling you. That would work. Okay, there you go. I should run Hollywood. <laughs> But, like, the, the the climax of the movie is, you know, they've been sentenced, and, like, uh, Tom Hayden has been, you know, he's the one who gets to speak for them. You know, they get to make a, sta- a statement at their sentencing hearing. And the judge... I don't know why they wouldn't pick Abby. Yeah. <laughs> Can't think of any reasons. Right, exactly, yeah. But, the sentencing hearing. Yeah, but, uh, like, the judge is, like, lays it out very clearly, like, look, son, 
you know, you've got one chance to affect your sentencing here. You know, if you, basically, like, if you just kiss the ring and are polite, you know, we'll go easy on you. Oh, my God. And what What do you think Tom Hayden does? Which is not based in historical fact. This is a Sorkinism. I, I literally, I literally, my brain is preventing me from, 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 from fucking, oh, my God. He just, he just... Like and this. Okay, is, okay, okay. Hold on. I have a theory for what it is, and and, and we're gonna do. Tell me what he does. So I th- is, to preface it, I think it is the kind of thing that handled correctly would you know kind of work. Um, but he he starts reading the names of all of the troops who have died in Vietnam during the time I, I, time I, of the trial. I was going to I was going to fucking say he starts singing "My Country Tis of Thee" or some shit. Basically that. Yeah. But like the way that the way that it is handled is. The whole courtroom like erupts in pandemonium, and like the the judge is like, "You can't do that. Yeah. You're yeah. not allowed." It's yeah. it is the most like you have been owned by your facts and logic, and yes. everyone is going fucking crazy. Yeah. I love it. They're coming red, white, and blue because you have owned the crazy conservative on his own petard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which didn't they in real life? Didn't they also read out like the Vietnamese soldiers that have been yes. killed? No, they too. did not. And and the the coup de gras is the. Uh, the prosecutor, who in real life was a a, a complete like die in the wool reactionary just, psychopath, yeah, like played played here weird, by jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt, who's just an actor I can't figure out if I like or not. But anyway, me neither. But he is, you know, in this is sort of portraying the reasonable conservative. And as as this is happening, he just sort of stands up and puts his hand on his heart and says to his his like co prosecutor like. You know, you've just you've got to respect the respect the troops here. So fucking stupid. No, they it just... is just the 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 worst Sorkin fantasy of just if we meet them halfway and yes. and 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 bring and own them by their own facts and logic, they will just have to respect us because we respect the flag so much. Which is just it's just it's so insane. See, and this is what drives me fucking crazy about him and about anyone that says this stuff. Like, look, look at fucking reality. Look what actually happens. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fucking goddamn fucking... Look, John Kerry for for every... I don't like John Kerry, right? But if you respect the U.S. military, the man is like a war hero if you respect the U.S. military and you don't realize that the U.S. were the bad guys in Vietnam, right? Which, which, yeah. Fun fact about me, when I was like a kid, I don't know where I got this from. I've probably been watching too much Arlie Ermey's Mail Call. But I fucking like... I was in like fourth grade... I just remember saying to, I basically gave like the first blood speech about like about about like they didn't let us win to like to like my fourth grade <laughs> teacher. I will never forget this man's face as he just looked at this like how old are you, like nine year old yeah just basically be like basically be like we could have won Vietnam if the hippies didn't stop us right just trying to be like what the fuck are you talking yeah at this school where this private school I went to where you called the teacher by your first names yeah and that is where I did this. Very funny. I was always very funny, folks. But anyway, no, no, no. But 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 no. It, it's 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 it's. I don't know. It it it's baffling. That sucks. I don't know why you watched that. I don't know why you did that to yourself. I don't know what you thought you were gonna get out of that. I don't know in what world you thought that you were going to enjoy this. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. I just thought I needed to. This <laughs> is the most psycho shit in the world. I don't know why you did this. I just. At the point I decided that I was going to try to get back into writing, something broke. Yeah. Because I was just like, I, well, I, there are so many movies, and if, I, if I'm if i going to... Because 
I don't know if this is just my perception or if it's a- actually a thing, and I'm sure to it, it is to a certain extent. Just Both. every critic has seen so many goddamn movies because it's their job. Yes, you know they get they literally get paid to watch. Yes, them. and they, they get to see every movie for free. It's basically their job to just go to movies all day and write about some of them. I wonder why you want to do this. Yeah, no, but uh, but like when when you listen to and read these people who have seen literally everything, like oh my god, there's such a gulf to catch up on. Yeah. Like, I'm not I need to have an informed opinion about every movie that's ever been made. Yeah. Like, yeah. How am I ever going to catch up? I guess I start by watching every fucking bad best picture winner and nominee and just I don't know, fuck all these movies. I also watch Stop Making Sense. Stop Making Sense rules. Don't know it. It's the Talking Heads concert documentary. David Byrne is my dancing icon. Oh. So much enthusiasm, so little form. I love it. Watch that instead. And then mm-hmm. kill yourself. That's have, it. That's have, what I have you, have you seen, have you seen, what's that movie he made? It's fucking, what's it called? For People Like Us or whatever the hell? I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen that. I can't remember what the hell it's called. It's killing me. I can't remember what it's called. But I've seen, I've, I've actually weirdly seen a bunch of those. Uh, and just remember my dad showing me, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Because I was like, like fucking like nine when he showed it to me. Yeah. And I was too busy, too busy trying to educate my hippie teacher about how about how we should have gone into Laos and we should have gone. What's it called? Because we didn't go into Laos. I don't know if you knew that. What's it called? Joke. Anyway. I know. Yeah. No, but um, what's it called? No, I mean it's 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 LOL that I'm even fucking talking about this because we literally watched fucking four hours of Zack Snyder's yeah. cut today. Basically, it's like. Yeah, what else are we doing? Yeah. Which also, hilariously, you've now seen two separate cuts of a movie that you despise. Yep. 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 You watched, like, fucking six and a half hours of, of a movie that you liked about zero minutes of. Yeah. My life is a practical joke I am playing on myself. It really is. Yeah. What have, have, uh, is there anything that you have seen that you would like to discuss? Uh, what's it called? Um, well, hold on. Let me double check. Um... Let me see. Uh, uh, we already talked about Blue Velvet the last time, right? Did we talk about Blue Velvet the last time? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I watched. Uh, I watched the new. Um, I watched the new. Um, I watched Blue Velvet. Right. Yeah. Finally, to make my Twitter to make my Twitter uh, handle make sense. There you go. Oh, what's it called? Yeah. It uh, still doesn't. It's. I'm sorry, Matt. It's a terrible Twitter handle. What baby wants to fuck? Yeah, but no one reads that and sees and hears that. One person did, okay. and they really appreciated it. Uh, but everyone else reads it as Baby Juan Stufich, yeah. uh, which is really upsetting. Yeah. That's a thought. I'm just going to, I might just change it to a K at the end. <laughs> it, would, it would help it get, yeah, it would help a little bit. All right. Well, all right, I just also killed myself. Um, yes. it I'm just going to do that. Fuck it. I just, I'm so sick of people misreading it. Anyway, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, what's it called? A bad joke executed poorly. Exactly. Everyone's favorite thing. <laughs> a bad, hey, the man. No! Exactly, yeah, so now you have to edit my name out. Ah, fuck. <laughs> I, I didn't do it so you would. But, uh, but, but so I watched that. Blue Velvet, in, in, incredible movie. Uh, Insane uh, movie. It, it, just so crazy. Yeah, a noir set in a nightmare. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 Lynch. It's 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 it's. I think you were talking about it, and I was like, part of the problem that I had with. I mean, I like Mulholland Drive. Part of the problem with Mulholland Drive is that Mulholland Drive feels like a fever dream. Yes. You know what I mean, right? This does not feel like a fever dream. This feels like a movie that David Lynch directed, right? Yeah. Right. Which like, but I'm not saying that Mulholland Drive was bad. It's good, but it is 
disorienting to watch. Yes. Right? That's Person. what I love about it. Yeah. Exactly. No, and that's what I like about it, too. I, I, I like that about it. I watched it in the dark, and I was like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? You know what I mean? Um, like, like I like it. I had to kind of walk around after I watched Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Didn't, I, didn't really have to do that to Blue Velvet. I was like, yeah, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Good for him. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Blue Velvet. It's great. Uh, it also it features Dennis Hopper being the most goddamn Dennis Hopper he's been yep. since that eggplant scene in uh, that one movie. What's it called? Yeah, which is all, which is what I'm gonna call it because it's what they call it on YouTube when I watch it once a year. It's there one of my go. once a year ones. Okay. What's it called? Um, uh, I watched that. I watched that new Disney animated one, Raya. Yeah. Um, which, which, pretty good. Uh, it has a lot of like Whedon esque dialogue, mm-hmm. which I was like not anticipating, and like also is insanely grating. Like, like, like when it is because it is just so much of it. Like. Mm-hmm. It is so much weakness dialogue. Like, but although, although I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I just got like, 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 like inoculated to it, or if it like legitimately trailed off. But like, it, 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 it stopped being so unbearable by the end, yeah. right? Was And by the end, it, it's a person. It is a, it is a perfectly functional Disney movie, right? There you go. Like, like Disney, like not. I, I think it's not a musical, right? So like a Disney, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So a Disney, not a musical. Um, honestly, you don't have to pay fucking thirty dollars to see it. It's like, dude, wait, it was not. Wasn't planning on it. Yeah. Nine ninety nine, maybe I'd watch it early, right? My kids really liked it though, so so it's fine. But um, but yeah, no, no. But so it was okay. Um, and then um, and then I watched uh, I, I watched Snatch, uh, rewatched Talked Snatch. About that. Yeah. Snatch, so good. I mean, Guy Ritchie. The God, so good. Man, you haven't seen King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. What's it called? I saw, I saw the. Did he do the King Arthur one? That was them when they tried to make it like realistic, and it was in like Roman times and no, shit. I don't remember who that was, but that was not him. Yeah, well, his, his was the Charlie Hunnam King Arthur one. Just don't put Charlie Hunnam in a movie. He's bad. <laughs> He's not a good actor. Yeah. What's it called? I I like Sons of Anarchy when I was stupid. Now that I'm a film guy, Sons of Anarchy sucks. He's been in some movies I like. He's not really name a one. Uh, Lost City of Z. I'm not a real movie. <laughs> not a real movie. And then and then and then the last one, the last one is what I'm gonna assign you. Okay, what are you assigning me? I'm assigning you the Louise Linton movie, You Me Madness. Okay. I'm going to pay for this movie for you though. How much it, is it? It's like seven dollars. Mm, that's pricey for a movie that isn't really a movie. Nope. Yep. You're gonna watch it though. Okay. Because I had to watch it. Okay. I don't. I didn't have to. But no, you chose to. I chose to. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a very different vision of feminism. Yep. Um. So it's it's been a while since I have like really fed you some vegetables. I just, I don't really feel it doesn't really feel fair to describe this movie as vegetables because it is you know kind of weird almost proto punk rock feminist movie but it's definitely like in a European art movie. Are you? Am I gonna watch the Pussy Riot movie? No, 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 no. no. Is there a Pussy Riot movie? I uh, probably. Um, do, do they? They don't. Okay, never mind. I don't want to know what you were gonna ask. Let's save that for off mic. By which I mean, once you have forgotten. <laughs> but you know, we've been doing like some of my favorite movies for a while, or like of last year, and then I just gave you a couple, you know, more like commercial movies that I really like, and you know, we were doing like the blockbuster thing before that, so. You just need a you just need a you're gonna hate it special. So you're That's getting, right. You're getting daisies, which you'll find on the Criterion Channel. <clears throat> it's a sh- it's short. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You me madness is I think an hour forty. It's shorter than that. Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah. 
You're gonna you're gonna hate this movie. I'm looking forward to. We're it. getting back to form. Yeah. We've been this this bullshit where we both are just film buffs sucks. Yeah. We need to we need we, to antagonize each other. Yeah, we're not doing that nearly enough. I've stopped trying to upset you. Just trying just start thinking about what movies would I like to watch. Yeah. This has been the this has been the the giving myself an excuse to watch two movies to, uh, to watch a movie a week. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. I was legitimately thinking about assigning you Drunken Master, and I was like, I can't do two Jackie Chan movies in a row. That's insane. You could. I mean, it would be tough. But you, me, that'd be madness. That's a line from the movie. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's... looking forward to being done with watching it. Have you seen the trailer? No, I wasn't even aware of this movie. <laughs> you want to watch the trailer after this? No, I want to go to bed. It's fucking midnight. I still have to fold laundry. <laughs> oh my god, you do. Yeah. Just be like me and never do laundry. What? <laughs> I have questions. I have concerns. Well, we're gonna we're gonna handle those off mic. But in the meantime, join us next time for <laughs> Daisies and You Me Madness. Whatever the fuck. Goodbye. As far as the Russians are concerned, we just bombed the Kremlin. The tension between the United States and Russia hasn't been this high since the Cuban Missile Crisis. And the blame, right or wrong, points to IMF. The President has initiated Ghost Protocol. The entire IMF has been disavowed. So what happens now? Now I've been ordered to take you back to Washington, where the DOD will label you as a rogue extremist and hang the Kremlin bombing on you and your team. Unless you were to escape somewhere between here and the airport, having assaulted Mr. Brand and me, sir, you would then illegally scrounge whatever material you could from a backup supply cache that I've overlooked, the same cache where your team are waiting for further orders. Sir, you may want to... You will then disappear, and this conversation never having taken place, that your intentions would be unclear. But if anyone of your team is caught or killed, they will be branded terrorists, out to incite global nuclear war.